Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, April 25th, 2022, and we are three days away from the Draft Spectacular. We can't yeah. enough for watching this sports show here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. The weather was superb here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Got a chance to enjoy it a little bit. You know, got... Hang out by the pool, get a third-degree burn on my back. Go ahead. Got to golf a little bit on Steve's course. Go ahead and hack the hell out of that thing. A couple dandelions and maybe what? Is that a sand trap? No, that's T-Box. That's Steve's course. Got to do that a little bit. Relax with the wife. Have a great time. And look forward to the Draft Spectacular. Our biggest show of the year is coming up just three days from now, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. This year is going to be big. Oh, yeah. Uh, Huge. We got War Room Conversations locked in. Okay? Whoa, what? So we're going to be talking to people in war rooms throughout the evening. Sheesh. We have big giveaways on the horizon. The draft spectacular giveaways are always more than spectacular. They're stupendous. Oh, yeah. And we have big name guests stopping by, too. Surprises. Surprises. Ooh. Yeah. Surprises. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Aaron Rodgers will be there. Uh, draft spectacular Thursday. We will be talking. Yeah, that deserved a little bit more hype, a little bit more build-up, but we do have a confirmed guest yeah. of Aaron Rodgers yes. stopping by. Cannot wait to chat with him. Obviously, the ever-toxic A.J. Hawk might be live in studio, Whoa. might be in the attic in Ohio, not 100% sure. Big giveaways more. I can't wait for it. I am pumped. Now, with that being said, a lot has happened with the odds on who's going to get drafted number mm-hmm. one overall from Friday to today, from yesterday to this morning almost. You know, everybody had Aiden Hutchinson being a lock to be the number one overall pick since the beginning of this entire draft season had began. But this weekend, the odds at FanDuel Sportsbook have changed immensely. Mm-hmm. Now, Travon Walker out of the University of Georgia, heavily favored to go number one overall. Aiden Hutchinson, second highest odds to go number one overall. That's mighty. That's big. What does FanDuel know that we don't know? Well, we'll ask. John Sheeran, an Irish fella, Mm -hmm. he's the head odds maker for FanDuel Sportsbook. As we saw this, he's been on Hammer Down before. Actually, a pretty clever uh, guy. Yeah. 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 Now, he is the person that we are competing against Mm -hmm. every single fucking day to take their money in FanDuel. He's the head odds maker, the head bookmaker. He's the guy that's deciding where's going what, and it's his team that put this particular... Who did they talk to? What do they know? Or are they just trying to read the tea leaves like the rest of us? We'll chat with him today. We'll talk to uh, Ian Rappaport today. Ooh, okay. Rapshi. Yeah, Rapshi, what's going on with this? What's going on with Debo down the club in Miami? Mm-hmm. What's going on in all these other situations that could, you know, kick up a notch on Thursday whenever draft day happens, because for whatever reason, the first day of the draft, there's always kaboom, kaboom, Mm -hmm. kaboom. The NFL loves the draft. The NFL loves how big the draft has gotten. It's almost as if the NFL understands that this could be another massive function that the NFL can profit off of. Remember, the combine used to be nobody watching, nobody caring, and then the NFL realized, oh, shit, I think people would watch this. Boom! Gets higher ratings than all baseball games, all hockey games, all Mm -hmm. everything like that. The draft used to just be done in New York. Same thing every single year, and it was multiple rounds in each day. They have now taken that thing on the road, getting a live audience. They've stretched it out so goddamn long. Let's have one round here, one round here, but the draft, the NFL NFL understands that the draft is a time where all eyes are on the NFL. So as we've been doing this draft spectacular the last three years, what I've learned, and I might be wrong and it might not be forever, but 
a lot of shit goes down on draft day. Yeah. yeah. A lot of rumors are, mm-hmm. are released. Last year, it was the Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded from the Green Bay Packers news mm-hmm. after accumulation of information that Adam Schefter had done over months of hearing people talk behind the scenes. Drop that on there. Two years ago, obviously, the Jordan Love thing and everything like that. But there's always just little nuggets that pop out of draft day. And that's good news for us because, goddamn, the offseason mm-hmm. has gone a little bit dry. Oh, yeah. There's been basketball. There's been Tyson Fury knocking out Dylan White in the sixth mm-hmm. round. Slight work. That was awesome. The Super mm-hmm. Boost hit. I, I, I know he talked up Dillian White and everybody else talked up Dillian White. That was pretty obvious early, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty obvious early that yes. Tyson Fury was not fucking around. Made like $33 million or $36 million or something like that. And we all made a bunch off the Super Boost. So I enjoyed that. Unless he's fighting every single fucking weekend, I'm not sure what we're going to dive into. Boom. The draft comes around and says, hello. Ty Schmidt, how was the weekend? What are you looking forward to for draft night? Which has become a Ty Schmidt special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> weekend was great. Like you said, the weather was phenomenal, but it really was. I mean, I woke up this morning and had a tingle all over my body. It is Draft Spectacular Week. I am incredibly excited. Like you said, the last two years, it's kind of, we talked about this off the air. Uh, Personally, it has really sucked, you know, for what the Packers have done both years, kind of, and then last year with all the Rodgers stuff. Professionally, it's been great. So I'm hoping, you know, we can kind of meld that a little bit and I don't have to like right after the draft's over and we're all done saying like, hey, that was a lot of fun. We did we did a great job tonight. I don't have to immediately get depressed and be like, oh, okay. And drink, uh, go yeah. home, drink yeah. a bunch of whiskey. Exactly. Why? Drive yeah. yourself in your sorrows mm-hmm. and then you have to answer for it on Friday the next day as well. Right. Yeah. So that that stuff hasn't been great. But I mean, the Packers are in a good spot. I feel like. And I say this damn near every year, which is pretty stupid. But, you know, going in, I'm I'm more excited this year than I was last year. There are so many possibilities with what they could do. And it, it is kind of setting up to just be let down by all of them. So I, I can't wait. I am so excited. I can't wait to see what you do on draft night, Ty. I can't wait to see what the Packers do to see what you do to what the Packers do <laughs> yeah. on draft night just a few days away. It is going to be spectacular. I am I am pumped about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so am I. Because now we at least have something to tease about. Yeah, right. Talk about. And react to. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, who did what? What are they thinking? Oh, they must hate this player if they're going after that oh. player. What does that mean for the long-term effects? The interesting thing about this draft, and we talked about this right before we came on air. So if we were to have a talent mountain. Sure. Okay, and we have not done any scouting. This is no. just what we're hearing yeah. from everybody else. So to the players that are about to be put on this mountain. No offense. Not a great no offense. Yeah. Sorry about it. This is just what everybody else seems to say. On the the mountain of talent, talent mountain, sure. we'll call it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tall it's a tall mountain. Oh yeah, right? I There's a lot of talent here. There's the no talent motherfuckers right mm-hmm. down here at the bottom. Right. Sure. Okay, they ain't got no talent. Might be good people, probably good people. Ain't got no talent. Then you move into like the oh, high school good talent. All right. Yeah. Here it is, football. Obviously, playing football. Uh, NAIA or I don't play football again. Okay, mm-hmm. right here. Okay, I might play a little bit more because love of the game or something. Then you got like the D three talent. Right. D two talent. D1 AA talent, then like the D1 talent, then you have like the NFL talent. Oh, yep. shit, okay. That's just like make make it to the NFL talent. Then there's the great players in the NFL talent, and then the peak, you know, up here is like the, okay, you're fucking superstars. Yeah, right? sure. All right? And you see it's like triangle because it's getting smaller because there's less of those motherfuckers out there. <laughs> That's right. Okay, you see that. So when you get up, it feels like in drafts past, there has been more people up in that, that peak area projected in the NFL 
and then it kind of like fizzles out a little bit. This year, it feels like they're in a single motherfucker at that mountaintop. No. It feels like everybody is right up here in this like, hey, a lot of good football players in this trip. A lot of players that are going to make teams, going to do stuff. But there hasn't really been that conversation about, hey, this person is a all-pro year one. This person's a game-changer, game-wrecker. This person, And once again, we have to say, this is not from our scouting. No. no. This is from everybody else that yeah, does yeah. it because we That's refuse right. to do it yeah. because – that's a lot of time none of us would be good at. It. Yeah, what we're exactly. hearing. Yeah, we, we are just what we're hearing. So that is why I think this draft doesn't have as much juice yeah. as maybe drafts in the past. But whenever you see teams making plays, that automatically tells you their thoughts on their team and their thoughts on the draft class. Everybody's allegedly wanting to trade back on it. That's what the rumor is. Everybody's trying to get the fuck out of there. Even Jacksonville might be trying to get out of there at one. Allegedly is what we're Yeah, doing. which I love because Bill loves to do exactly the opposite of what everyone's doing. So if everyone wants to trade back, then maybe the Patriots make a move up. But to your point, because there isn't that like top tier, hey, this this guy's going to be a stud, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, those type of guys. I feel like everybody, all 32 picks, have a ton of hope then. Because you know, hey, sure, Packers, they're picking at 22. But because everyone's kind of at this weird level on Talent Mountain, those guys might turn into the next Debo Samuel. And is, is everybody just better than ever before? Is that what's going on? And why does it feel like it is so deep in – Aiden Hutchinson ran a six-something-something. Yeah, yeah. fastest ever. Fastest of all time. And everybody's talking about him not being the best athlete in this entire mm-hmm. thing, even though everybody says, no, Aiden Hutchinson has some freak athlete tendencies. Or, well, his ceiling isn't nearly as high as Travon Walker, who they don't think he's even tapped into his greatness yet. It's like, well, who, how, how do we know that? How, how do we, Because... And then Thibodeau has been yodeling, right. yodeling, yodeling, yeah. yodeling back up in January. He's supposed to be number one overall. Mm-hmm. Evan Neal potentially sneaking into the top five. Every Last week, two out of the top four mocks didn't even have him in the top ten. Nope. He was like the fourth offensive lineman taken. Yeah. Now he's moving up. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows shit about fucking this tone, Diggs. Nobody knows anything about what's going to happen on Thursday. Night. No, nobody knows anything. And we've we've talked about this before with the books. So it's it's the best opportunity. The books don't know shit either. So well, we're going to find out. John Shane. Yeah, we are going to find out. Feet to the fire. We are going to find out. But it, like, Welcome to Thunder. <laughs> Besides the draft, the main talk has been about these wide receivers whose contracts are up. And, and none of those wide receivers whose contracts are up who are getting the biggest money were even first-round picks four years ago or whenever it was, three years ago. So, like, like the wide receiver depth, everyone talks about the wide receiver depth just because you talk about it all the time. It's good content on Instagram, them working on their routes, working on their feet. Wide receivers have never, more, have never been more ready for the NFL. So I think I'll always – I think the wideouts will be great. They talk about the O lines will be great, but quarterbacks, no, no, no. McShay just said he doesn't see one going in the top 19. So then is there going to be a run again? Because I think the over under is on three and a half mm-hmm. for QBs in mm-hmm. the first round or whatever. That's a pretty high number. That's a pretty well, high number. And because of that, you might think, like, hey, maybe Jimmy G gets moved then on draft night. Hey, maybe Shh, Baker Mayfield gets moved on draft night. Just because if guys don't, you know, get the guy they want, then why wouldn't they now go after him? Mr. Renan, uh, I believe he's ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Panthers, is stating that if Baker Mayfield was to go to the Carolina Panthers, it would not be on Thursday. It would probably come after then. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the exact quote. We have a tweet on it. I think Fox is trying to find it right now. Uh, no, the Panthers are not expected to trade for Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield prior oh, it was from Rappaport. Prior to the first round of the NFL draft, sources say if they do it at all, Thursday has to play out first before any other options are considered. Carolina picks number six. So that is potentially a piece of information that the Panthers want out. 
because they want people still to think that they might take a quarterback so they can maybe get a good trade offer yeah. for number six overall or whoever's at seven can sweat a little bit. Or maybe they are taking quarterback to see which quarterback's left in case anybody trades ahead of them. We don't know what to believe and what not to believe. But Baker to Carolina was started by Rappaport almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though Baker on the You Never Know podcast with just Mike said that that ship has sailed or whatever. Now he's walking it back potentially. What does Rappaport know? We'll ask him in five minutes. You, you can draft. This is one of my favorite things. FanDuel has every single team listed. And then they have every position listed for every team. Uh, like Panthers right now are minus 105 to take a lineman, minus 105 to take a quarterback. And you can bet on that for every team. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, There's a couple of spots where you probably make good money. Wide, uh, Packers are minus 170 to take a wide receiver, which they haven't done since fucking 2000 or something like that. Yeah, it's been 20-some yeah. years. Yeah, 20 years or whatever since they've taken a weapon, I think, in the first round. Yeah, right? tight end, yeah. running back. Yeah. Just an offensive skill position. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think Javon Walker was the last one in 2002. And now it's minus, minus 175. Hey, Mark Murphy is unpredictable, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't trust it. The minus 175? No. Because they'll figure out a way. Well, oh. I'm also just thinking that there is a very good chance that, like, these receivers, that the Packers would potentially have to trade up this year to get one of the guys they really want. And if they don't get a receiver, like, if they don't get the guy that they want by 22, I, I think that they might go just defense both both picks. Yeah. I could see it happen. You gotta I love really it. could. You gotta love or it. Or O line. Like at this point it's Let's go. it's almost kind of funny that they they would do it maybe just to spite Rogers. It's like ah, No, no, just... they're on a better relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. But and there's Odell Beckham Jr. is available out there, Jarvis Landry's available out there, and Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also allegedly available out there in his eyes. We don't know if that's how the Niners feel. This weekend, things really heated up at Mm. Francis Martinelli's club. And I say Francis Martinelli's club because we'll get to that in a second. A video hit the internet this weekend and ran wild. It was of a bottle service situation popping up, and the sign reads, Debo staying with the Niners. A camera then cuts from the sign to Debo, who is in the VIP section of said club by a couch, rocking an incredibly thick Cuban link in another chain, oh, yeah. looking very fresh, and he cuts out, no, 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 no. So the internet says he is not going back to the Niners. He obviously just mocked that. Francis Martinelli hit a follow-up piece, uh, a post, and he said, um, this is my club, <laughs> okay? Francis Martinelli says. He wasn't saying no to the Niners sign. He was saying no to the waitresses bringing it over to his table. The same client uh, uh, sent ones out after saying, don't worry, Debo, your money is coming from the Niners. And he was smiling. I I spoke with him all night. He's fine. Okay. Okay. There you go. A couple follow-ups. I'm sure Debo loves that the owner of the fucking club is (laughs) recording him and putting it out and causing controversy. Sure. I'm sure he also loved the fact that the owner was just fucking sitting in his section (laughs) talking to him all goddamn night. And I'm assuming he is also pumped that the owner came out and clarified the whole story for uh, everybody to understand that all things are okay. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Who's who's not happy in this situation? The owner had a great night. Debo got to hang out with this guy all night, <laughs> and his money's coming coming to him. Everyone's happy. It's win win. By the way, club looked lit. Yeah, it, it did. did. We'll it say did. it looked like a great time. It did. Anytime the signs and the uh, uh, sparklers mm-hmm. are coming out, you know. And that, by the way, the invention of the light thing in the end of the bottle. Yeah. 
Oh, that yeah. really changed yes. the game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Next time. Level. That's that, when that, you know. That really changed the game. That made it a lot more efficient to have a uh, little bit bigger show for the bottles coming out. <laughs> right. Back in the day, bottle service was not nearly no, as no, no, awesome no. as it currently is. No. Yeah. I, I got a chance to experience both kind of sides of it. Mm-hmm. Much better nowadays. I mean, yeah, the it's drum, like, too. Oh, <sighs> the drum. The drum was awesome. I was part of a drum line for one bottle of service. Okay. I was part of it. I got in the drum line. Took a guy's drum. I have to. <laughs> got to do it. Yeah. Don't have a choice. You got to do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, next time you guys come out with one of those, can I get the drum? Classic Nick Cannon. Well, yeah. I can't read the music, but I can uh, bang the hear, shit out of the drum. I can hear it in yeah. the whole thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, the, they came up to, a, I think, a table next to us. And I started playing the guy's drum. He was sitting there. They were trying to set something up. And I grabbed the sticks. And I started playing. It might have been the best drums I've ever done in my entire life, actually. And now, granted, we're in a club. You can't really hear it. But it felt like it was really yeah, yeah. The rhythm beat. was there. Yeah. It felt yeah. like it was really going. And then I asked, like, hey, next time, can I get a thing? No problem. So they gave me a heads up before they came out. The guy came up and got me. Obviously, tipped person to do this. Put the drum on. I fucking came out with them. <laughs> right up to the VIP thing, man. Oh, I had a blast. Me and clubs used to be just an absolute medic. I used to have medicine. <laughs> I need a hundred shots. I'm gonna put that drum on. Yeah, fucking drum. Yeah. I'm gonna have a good time. Hey, let's go. Let's do this thing. Can we turn it up another hour or two? I'll I'll pay for you. Let's keep it going. Tell the truth. Yeah. You gotta do that. Do yeah, we know everybody's having a good that's time? That's how Tuesdays become jail and Wednesdays. Sure, and, sure, yeah. You know, I mean, things yeah, like that. That'll they, happen. It was a good time. I feel like everybody had a good time. Do we know if Precious was there with Debo or? Was I did she, not see Miss Precious there. Okay. Uh, Miss Precious though did come into. Celebritat last week mm-hmm. after a live got broadcasted. It was a TikTok live, said Mitt Talk. Oh, again. okay. Good uh, but the Debo situation will continue to evolve because he doesn't want to be there. But the Niners um, allegedly haven't made an offer and also hold all the control. So what the fuck's going to happen? None of us will ever know. Yeah, I feel like it, they're really going to have to be blown away on draft night. Like, it's, easy, it's fun to speculate right now, like, oh, he's going to get traded on Thursday night. But, like... You know, I mean, at this point, they they said they want two ones. Like, is a team like the Giants, like, would they really, you know, give all of their draft capital to get a guy like Debo? Maybe. Maybe, because the way this draft is set up with yeah. the middle of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mountain. Uh, joining us now is a man who might know more about this than any of us would. But then that would mean that he would have had to have been working on boozing. Yeah, and that's, and that's not true. And yeah. we don't know if he could do both of them yet. Remember, yeah. he went to the Harry Potter Museum, then the Pez dispenser thing. Yep. And he really changed his entire life. We don't know what he's doing now as opposed to what he was doing back then. Immediately upon arriving at Super Bowl, he drank every bottle of alcohol that L.A. had. Yep, yeah, all of it. Broke no news during the entire no. week. No, none. He's just getting back in a news-breaking game. Maybe he's a little bit sobered up. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, What's up? Hey, Ian. How you doing, pal? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm in our suite at the Cosmo. So I don't know a lot about Vegas, but I heard this is where the ballers stay, so I'm actually not staying here. But this is where our suite is for our live shot location. I can give you a little tour if you want after we talk about all this stuff. Uh, It looks it's going to look awesome on draft night. Well, what socks are you going to (laughs) wear? Did you guys vote? Did we already start the voting process? It's been on, I assume you voted already, but it's been ongoing, so you probably should weigh in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. Okay. on your Twitter. Can, we, can yeah. you do it again? Uh, no, uh, there, yep. The, the, interestingly, the Pez are, uh, it's Pez versus Sushi, which is really quite the battle. Really? Because those both stink. Where's this? At? Oh, jeez, Sushi's <laughs> awesome. Where's this at? This on your Twitter or Instagram? Uh, this is on the old Instagram. The, the Biggie socks are uh, running away with it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What, those are night one, right? 
I think those are going to be. I uh, I have to go back and look. I, I forget now. There's a lot of there's a lot of news in my head. A lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm, it's it's not always enough room for. So- I mean, look at the Pez are great. Yeah, but the Pez socks are actually are- women's socks. But that's actually okay. Yeah. Well, hey, sure. listen, unisex. If you have tiny little feet or whatever, I mean, it's not that big it's of a deal. Kind of mean, but not wrong. No, no. Well, just kind of a uh, a statement of fact. Let's uh, move on here. Let's talk about sure. some news of the draft. FanDuel Sportsbooks odds this morning. We woke up. Uh, woke up. Trevon Walker. <laughs> Favored to go number one overall over Aiden Hutchinson. What is this? Why is this? They're obviously not trying to lose money. They have to have some piece of information. What are you hearing? Is there about to be a big-time shakeup? Is Jacksonville potentially trading out? Is somebody looking to trade in and get Trevon Walker? How do you you see this all working out? So I don't think Jacksonville is going to be able to trade out. I think they would like to. I think to me, like from one to five or even six, everybody would like to trade out because – the picks are all kind of similar values. So if you get someone to give you like an extra two or an extra three, like you might want to do that and get a somewhat similar player. I don't think anyone's going to do that. There's no quarterback to come up for. So I think the Jaguars are going to pick. Today, um, and it's it's tough for me to know why the odds change so dramatically. This is not exactly my world, but Peter King wrote in his mock that could be something crazy, could be Trayvon Walker, which I would say, I'm not sure how crazy that is, but... I wouldn't be surprised if that's the pick. Also, I know they're down to four. I know they're considering Hutchinson. They're considering Walker. But look at Trent Baalke's profile. He's has some traits that Alden Smith had as well. That kind of makes sense. So then he writes that. Then everyone talks about it, and the odds changed a lot. Like, I thought that was a pretty interesting. Peter King this swung this thing? Whoa. Is, that, is that what you're saying? We'll ask the John, What's that? We'll talk to John Sheeran, the head odds maker for FanDuel in the third hour. You're thinking maybe Peter oh, cool. King swung this thing. I, I'm I was thinking maybe, yeah. Because that makes sense. Peter like a big, King? A big guy guy right ahead. at the top of Monday. You know, like that would make some sense. He's now, got the big We've talked about Trayvon Walker yeah. going one before. Maybe the odds makers haven't been paying attention to the Pat McAfee show. You'll have to ask him in the third hour, but just saying. Hey, you say you've been talking about this for a long time. What are the final four? Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Jordan Davis? No, uh, no I think it is uh, Iquanu, Evan Neal, uh, Hutchinson, and Trayvon Walker. I believe those are the four. Those seem to be the four with the highest grades on most boards. Hmm. Okay, so Evan Neal came into the conversation. He wasn't in a couple people's top tens last week, I don't think, and I was very uh, surprised by that. You think that a lot of people have Icky ahead of Evan Neal in that particular department, and is that who a team who's looking at the offensive line is probably going to end up grabbing, or is everybody literally split on this? And how how the hell does anybody know what anybody's going to do? You know, like nobody has a clue what anybody's going to do at this point, right? Uh, right. I mean, that's what like. It's so the draft is great, right? Because uh, at least for me, because what happens is my phone blows up like never before because everyone wants to know, like, what's the rumors? Who's taken who? And oh, reality is like I, yeah. I know some Classic. things, but I don't 100 percent know. Uh, nobody really does. And you mentioned the, the tackle. So it's somewhat split on Iquanu and Neil. I get the sense Iquanu's maybe a small bit higher. Um, Neil's body's a little banged up. It's nothing concerning, but just a little bit. He's an Alabama player. That can happen. Um, he's got good position flexibility, but it seems like Iquanu is a little more of maybe the higher ceiling. Um, so maybe he goes earlier and Neil goes, 
you know, probably within the top six is my guess. All right, before the boys have some more draft questions or whatever their questions are, uh, I have to ask you about Debo Samuel once again. And what, Took you long enough. What you're Well, <laughs> is he coming to the Colts or not? What's going on with the Colts and Debo Samuel? And did you like the fact that Francis Martinelli came out and said, hey, listen, that's my nightclub. Hey, that's my nightclub. <laughs> Debo wasn't saying nah to the sign. No. He was saying nah to the entire thing coming to his area. Obviously. He actually, there was another sign at another one of my clients who I would tell you exactly who it is, who I got photos of. <laughs> he put up another one and said, don't worry, Debo. The Niners are going to pay you or whatever. And he said, ha, 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 cool. We were talking all night. We spoke about it. So the, no, None of that sounds true, by the way. You don't think? No. What? Smart Nelly's going to think? Crap sheet. I mean, look, he seems like a good source. Um, yeah. He said, "This is my club." His club, yeah. it's Franco Martinelli. Hey, he owns it. I mean, Frankie. Franco. Seems like a great place. I do appreciate the uh, the drink, the waitresses or whatever carrying around the stay Debo side. That that was a nice touch. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt like he was more like, "Hey, can you stop videotaping me while I'm just literally walking in a club?" Perhaps oh, that been maybe. I don't know. What if it was from the owner? The owner was videotaping yeah. you. All right, go ahead. You're, are you charging anyway, me these so, bottles or not? Because um, this is free now. Yeah, I mean that's what great the, advertisement for the uh, for the club, by the way, and Franco Martinelli. Hey, it looks um, like a good time. It does. Hey, it looks like it does. a good time. Place is bumping. You're having a good time out there. It looks like. Yeah, definitely my kind of scene as well. Oh, is there um, booze there? Yeah, it's yeah, Ian's yeah. kind of yep, scene. There you go. go. Yep. Um, <laughs> so here, so the 49ers have their press conference today, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they say because I would be surprised at this point if they say we're not trading him. Excuse me, guys. Um, sorry, people walking in here. I don't want them to mess up, you know. Lock the door. Did that guy drop the jeans? Yeah, he, yeah. Right. he did. Is that guy all right? Vegas can be tough. Yeah. Tell him it's going to be all right. Scaring home. That's the city of sin. That yeah. guy ain't there, actually, but you can, you can look for him. A lot of people looking for him. Tell that guy everything's going to be okay. Hey, yeah. everything's going to hey, be, everything's all, gonna be all, all right. Keep your head up. Everything's going to be all right, dude. Jesus will find you, dude. Was that Cecilia on? I think so. With the 49ers, what's happening right now with the 49ers is they are seeing what's real and what's not real. Right, because I think if someone is going to trade for Debo Samuel, it's going to happen before Thursday. We know the value; we've seen it twice. So Tyreek and Devonte Adams both got traded for around the value of the 13th pick in the draft. The Jets, when they like, when you put all the picks together, the Jets when they made their offer for Tyreek, it was a little bit better than the 13th pick. So theoretically, they'd be willing to offer a little more, but that's what the value is going to be. I think the 49ers would like to keep him, but at some point, if a guy doesn't want to be there and you'd have to pay him and you're not sure how it's like, if you pay him, is he still even going to be happy? Like they're, it's, they're going to have to turn something real down and we'll see by Thursday if they do it. Oh, so Debo's getting traded. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Go ahead, Ty. That's what it's not. Did, by the way, a lot of people said that you don't know anything. That's Whoa. what it, this happens well, to you all the time. On to the be West fair, Coast. a lot of people say a lot of things. <laughs> well, that's the whole purpose of speaking, I think, right? So I hear. Yeah, I see. He heard it. Someone said it. Because people. People talk. And say stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you full of shit, though? Who are the people you talk to over there? And the, like, do you feel comfortable about every team you speak about that you have a connection there? Or do you listen to what other people around the league are saying about a particular place whenever you go about making your... Because, for instance, when you yeah, talk about the Seahawks, question. when you talk about the Seahawks, oh, the Seahawks, oh, man. Yeah. I have never seen a more... Like, hey, they do not love Ian Rappaport. Right. Right? Okay? They How do is not, this possible? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't know, but it, I had to mute a couple words in my notification. 
notifications yeah. and they were all coming to you. I was like, I don't need this negativity because Ian's saying this thing. You're not the only guest that this has happened, by the way. I was on the uh, I was on the Danish uh, po- po- political news, yeah, sure. and they were calling me a terrible person because another guest that we had talked about his immunized status or whatever. Mm-hmm. So don't worry, this happened. Oh, all I, the I, time. I read about that. Yeah, yeah, probably. What people were saying, but anyways, the, the Niners people though, they really. Whenever you broke the news about Debo and the uh, alleged video, obviously that's been taken down all, over the internet now. The situation, they say Ian doesn't know shit about anything. When you speak about a team, we all assume, I think, because you are an insider, that you're coming from a place of information that you're privy to that we are not. Is that an accurate depiction of you, or are you just bullshitting out there all the time? So, for me to. For me to say something to you guys or to say on NFL Network, uh, it has to be something. It can't be like my guess. So if you, if, you, if you ever hear me say, I think, it probably means I misspoke because I almost never talk like that unless you pin me down and I sort of have to say something, which happens from time to time. Um, it's, it has to be real and it has to be something that represents what is actually going on. So like... I'm sure that for 49ers fans, they probably didn't like the fact that Debo Samuel did not want the team to make an offer because he didn't want to be there. Um, but that is the reality of the situation. Uh, you think? And what's that? You think? I know. Oh, okay. See? Not bad. See? Uh-huh. That is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that is, every time you talk, like an insider speaks, and this is the, I think, what everybody. You know, in the sports world, gets so upset whenever Schefter says things. You guys almost become just like uh, robots of information, if that makes sense. Your Twitter accounts and your social media accounts are basically just are, oh, this is what's going on from the NFL. So whenever you do punditry and give opinions, I think people's natural reaction is, oh, this fucker doesn't know anything or whatever. But every other time we act as if everything you say is gospel. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure you get pretty upset about it as well as you have to explain yourself. Well, no, actually, I like like, obviously, I like coming on the show for a variety of reasons. Uh, But one of them is you ask like real, like in-depth pressing questions about the stuff I report. And so what it does is it forces me to explain like, here's what I said, here's why, here's kind of where I got it from, here's what it means. And it leaves people with the complete picture that like you don't always get from a tweet, right? Like to, to tweet something like, let's say like today was like Baker Mayfield's probably not getting or not Baker Mayfield's not getting traded before the draft. Wow, you had that up quick. Uh, Baker Mayfield's not getting traded before the draft. Like, there's a lot of phone calls that went into that, a lot of conversations, a lot of different angles to it. I like getting time to explain it, but I would also say that generally, everyone does it differently. Generally, I don't give my opinion on things. If I'm going to give nuance and explain, it's going to be based on what I know, not what I think, because honestly, my opinion doesn't really matter that much. That's kind of not why I do any of this. Well, I, I'm happy that you have enough self-awareness to realize that because a lot of people get a platform for something and then they forget about it and they're like, oh, yeah, also, by the way, I'm the smartest in this field as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they like dive into it. I think your self-awareness is what makes us like you so much. Uh-huh. But you diving into what you're saying is huge because you're getting access that the rest of us aren't. Like you have access that us guys that have to talk about this every single day you are vital to the entire sports media world so the more information we can get the better pal i hope you know that yeah and i i appreciate you saying that and i again like i like talking about this stuff it's like people always say like you know like let's say random dude comes up to me in vegas like oh 
I know you don't want to talk about your job, but like, what do you think about the Giants? I'm like, I kind of like talking about my job. Like, I like all this stuff. It's great. You know, like it never feels real. It's fun. So like, I like talking to you guys about this stuff, honestly. And, and that's like, the draft is great because like, we'll cover it on Thursday. It's fun. It is an endless string of conversations for the last two weeks of everyone just talking about every prospect. It's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about that Baker situation real quick. There are a lot of phone calls that went into it and everything. Is Carolina doing this because they still want six to be valuable and make people think that they might take a quarterback if there's a quarterback there? Or is it because they're waiting to see if a quarterback is available and somebody else doesn't trade up ahead of them and steal their guy? They have a guy. They don't have a guy. Do they think Baker's still in play? What are your thoughts on the whole situation? I think, think whoa, whoa. that I knew you said it all the fucking time. Yeah, I don't <laughs> say it because when you said I, like I try not to say I think I like in my head I was to. like yeah definitely heard I was I've running heard through that. like the amount of times I've heard you say I think and I'm like yeah I heard okay it. but I try not to say it. Look, I try not to curse also, but sometimes that happens. You well, know? you're a very good sometimes. person. You're a better person than us. Well. That's probably true. Um, no, so here's, here's my sense of where Carolina is. They're considering a quarterback at six. I don't know if they're going to take one, but they're considering one. Also a possibility, like, you know, Scott Fitterer loves to trade back, just like John Schneider, his old mentor in Seattle, loves to trade back. Maybe they don't like a quarterback at six. Maybe they like a quarterback at 16 or something like that. And then, so they don't take one at six. So they take one in the first round. Now they don't need Baker. I think they need to see this play out, see if they come out of it with a quarterback, and see where they are before addressing the situation on Friday. If they end up with a quarterback and don't trade for Baker, this is going a long way. Like We're going to be talking about Baker Mayfield in July, which will be enough to make all of our heads explode, but also still interesting. And every time a quarterback gets injured, it's going to be like, is that team going to trade for Baker? Oh, that's, what, that's who Baker's going to become if, he doesn't, if something doesn't happen by draft, yeah. do you think? Yeah, he'll be the guy we all and there's you know, it's 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 not a great place to be, but you know, it's Baker and Garoppolo. It's every single time a quarterback gets hurt, it's like who's trading for one of these guys? Uh, Baker owed eighteen and a half million guaranteed, right? Yep. Jimmy owed twenty two million. Twenty two, but not guaranteed. Big difference. What's guaranteed? I think I'm not sure. Any? I have to. I don't. Jesus. I don't know. Jimmy's in a terrible spot. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, come on, Jimmy. 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 Uh, one, I believe 1.4. There you go. One, yeah, that's that's not enough to make a difference. And that's, and that's not great because, like, Jimmy. let's just say, let's just play this forward. Let's say the 49ers want to keep him and say, all right, you're competing with Trey Lance. Let's just say. Well, then what if they want to cut his salary, which would be not that cool, but crazier things happen. Maybe they need the space for a Bosa extension or something. He doesn't have great leverage because he doesn't have anything guaranteed. It's tough. Jimmy. Mm, so James. the shoulder surgery happening going into his final year of his lame duck contract, basically. He's in his lame duck year, basically, yeah. of his contract that all sides assumed would be renegotiated if it all worked out well. And then Correct. they get into that year, and it's like, well, it has worked out, but also could it work out better? It could. That's kind of a, an anomaly of a situation, I feel like, Jimmy and San Fran. They win whenever he plays. When he doesn't, they don't. And it's still like, meh. I guess it's kind of Baker Mayfield like in Cleveland, yeah. but much better, I guess, a higher degree. Right. And also, they traded a ton of picks. It's not like they just took a quarterback who happens to be good. They traded a boatload of picks to replace him. And then he led them deep into the playoffs. Like, it really is 
Like, there's not a lot of situations like this. And then the surgery basically meant he couldn't get traded for a very long time. So he's just sitting there. When does this when does this stuff become guaranteed? Is it all incentive based or is it date based? It's it's neither. It's it's just paper money until they pay him on week one. So oh, so it's it is date based then. Week one, it becomes fully guaranteed. Yes. If he's on the roster, that's right. If he's on the roster, that's right. Okay. All right. So week one is when Jimmy money twenty two million dollars guaranteed. Right now, one point seven five. Okay. Yeah, so his, his base salary for the year is 24.2. Uh, he's a 1.4 signing bonus, which I believe is the guaranteed amount. And then like a three-quarters of a million roster and a $600,000 workout bonus. All right, so he's at those OTAs. Mm-hmm. He's at those OTAs. Right. Uh, I'd have to see about that because he's not there now because he's working out on his own. So maybe they have some agreement about oh, the fuck, workout bonus, but he's not there. What's a subway commercial worth? Six hundred thousand. Am I no, no? All right. Okay. Perfect. She's I'm gonna here. say she doesn't cook though. Oh, I'm not going to workouts. Yeah. Say. It. All right. Go ahead, Ty. Rap sheet. When you first mentioned that Debo could potentially end up with the Packers, I think a lot of people thought that was bullshit, just because the Packers don't do that kind of stuff and how much they value their picks. But what is the actual likelihood that a team like the Packers could get him? Like Colts. Or, or Colts, you know, like uh, when when these other guys left, it kind of just it popped up right away, and then right. they were gone. Like, do, will we know the teams who you mentioned? Like, is another team going to potentially pop in and steal him, or is it probably down to like these handful of teams we already know? Um, I, that's basically what I've been doing the last couple of days, just trying to figure out like who's going to be in the mix that I don't know about. Um, I feel pretty confident in those teams that I mentioned, and for the Packers, like. Yes, they do value their picks. Um, the Devonta Adams situation was special, though, because he wanted to be somewhere else. And so, like, usually they wouldn't have done that. He wanted to be somewhere else. They trade him for a lot of picks, so it's almost like they have free picks now, right? And, like, at some point, the value of the player is greater than the picks, even though you have to pay him, which they were willing to do for Devonta Adams also. Like, they, they wanted to. So, to me, like... I don't know if the Packers are going to do it, but I would expect them to explore and be in the mix. Um, and they should because, like, and I don't know, maybe you could ask your guest on Thursday night um, oh, who got you in trouble with oh, the Danish oh, news station. Spectacular. Uh, would he really like a dynamic receiver who can change the game and is really young? Like, he might. Maybe. I assume every quarterback would. Mm-hmm. The, um, the whole thought of Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Debo Samuel still being available. Julio. Julio Jones Julio. still available. Mm-hmm. It, what's the money for all? Like, D- Debo, obviously, they're going to have to pay. Whoever trades him is going to have to get paid. Yeah. But for those other free agent wide receivers, big names, is the money still going to be big for them? Because I feel like Jarvis should get paid. Yeah. Like, I, I think he should get paid for his his duties. I feel like Odell Beckham, if he's, if he's healthy and back playing, which is what he would be to sign a deal, I feel like he's worth money as well, just like we saw him with the Rams get paid a lot more than everybody thought he was going to get there. How is that going to play out, you think? And is that the players choosing this or the teams choosing this? Uh, well, we'll start with Julio. So I don't think he's going to break the bank, and I don't think he's looking to. I think he's more looking to be like the final piece of a really good team come in, sort of reestablish himself, and then see what happens after this year, but hopefully be like the last really good piece to a really good team. So I, generally those 
contracts are not that expensive, right? Come on, Julio! Julio! Welcome to the Colts. All right, go ahead. Go on now. Um, Sorry, so So I would say for for Landry, (laughs) you know, based on his age, I would say looking more in the 8 to 10 range, um, which, you know, for a player on his third contract is really nice. That's probably around what the Browns might have given him had he stayed. And, and he's stayed in contact with the Browns, so maybe after the draft that is something they end up revisiting. We'll see. Um, the Odell contract, I can honestly say I have no idea because wow. he's not going to play the first half of the season. But when he was playing for the Rams, he was great. That was as good as we've seen him in a long time. So maybe he does a multi-year deal with an option to get out or maybe it's a small number this year because he'll play out the season. And a big number, you know, over ten million in twenty twenty three. Like that is a complex contract that I'm not sure how they're going to figure out. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rapshi. Do you think that because the first six picks might be traded, there's a position group that's kind of rising through draft boards, like corner or wide receiver? And also, do you think it's easier to do your job in Vegas because everyone's boozing, not just you? First of all, uh, I, last night I went to a I went to a great place. Um, nice. I had a drink. What? Uh, what? Shout out Sapphire. And my good friend Tom Pelissero was there. First thing he does, spill his drink all over the table. Jesus. They come back with another drink. Malfunctioned. And it is in a sippy cup, like they give to the kids. Oh, no. oh, oh. yes. He got yeah. buried. Great moment. Great moment for old Pelissero. <laughs> Man. Um, That's awesome. I, I enjoyed that. Anyway, the... Um, it is weird walking around in Vegas knowing that, like, I'm working, I'm on the phone, I'm, like, doing these things, and everyone else is here to do exactly the opposite, and they all look like they're dressed nice and get ready to go gamble, which I'm not going to do, and, like, it's very weird to be here. Um, the position group thing is interesting. I bet. What? Yeah, this guy. Sure, yeah. Which I'm not going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not okay. allowed. By the way, the bottom of the Cosmo, there is a war table. You know, war, the classic card game. Yes. It, it's very gettable. Oh, you're saying it's got a you got a nice dealer down here. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. Hey, Write New York, that down New York, for another trip. Uh, New York, New York has something called the Party Pit, Blackjack area. Uh-huh. Ooh. Might be the best place in town. Aside from pool parties during the day, that Party Pit <laughs> is a great spot to hang out at. I, I'm not granted, last time I was there was 10 years ago or whatever. But <laughs> still goes. Still probably. If something that good hasn't stopped. Yeah. 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 So what are you going to do? You're just going to keep your blinders on, lock yourself in that room with a guy screaming Jesus Christ when he opens the door? What, if, what does it look like? Are you guys live this entire time? Will you be doing more research? Yeah. When's rehearsal? We're, uh, we're live in 16 minutes talking about all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Good and then you. we'll be on, you know, kind of regular time, but ramp up a lot on Thursday night, go wall to wall from Thursday to Saturday, and then – Take the red eye home and resume our regular life. And get the Pez dispensers open and what? just go ahead and what? do post-draft life. Last question here for you. We apologize for taking up all your time. Good warm-up for you. Out now, Brown Cow. Unique New York. Are you doing all those things before you go live on TV? Any any mental reps? Uh, I I do have a, uh, a little voice thing that I do beforehand. And it is uh, very embarrassing. And when people are around, uh-huh. I do not do it. because it's Is so it this? Uh-huh. That's what uh, McConaughey says uh-huh. he does, right? Uh-huh. 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 He goes high to open up that. Uh-huh. Yep. Is that what you do? Wait, what was that in? What movie was that in? Jesus oh, Christ. Waffle Wash, right, dude. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Your yeah, favorite yeah. movie. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Favorite. What is your uh, voice that you sing a little bit? Is, did you do it in that room? Did you do it in the bathroom? When do you do it? Uh, I Sometimes I do it in the shower because it's, you know, 
there's only me in there, and no one can make fun of how stupid it looks. Where'd you learn this? Somebody had to teach us to you? Or you just yeah, we had a vo- we had a voice coach in here to come help oh. us uh, sound oh, like. Wow. Okay, teach us now. Hey, look into uh, look at your guys' future. By the way, can't wait to get a voice coach in here. Voice coach? Yeah, we're gonna get voice coach down here. Yeah, I got a great guy. I can re- I, I can recommend Arthur Joseph is his name. He's he, oh, he whip you guys into shape. The only way we would accept him is if we knew what his warm up was and if we mm-hmm. liked his warm up. Can yeah. you tell us what his warm up is? No, I I mean I could, but I'm not going to. Dude. See, I don't want to be a part of anything yeah. that's too embarrassing yeah, yeah. to do in public. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I'm in public all the time. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Love the public. Got to warm up a lot. Thank you, public. Thank you, public. <laughs> is it like a how? Like, what do you, is it a how? It involves like putting your hand on a certain place in your mouth and like oh, talking, but you can't understand Jeez. what you're saying. So it sounds like you're just like making these. T- it's terrible. It's really terrible. Do it. Oh, man. It I'm really, not it's really it. working, no, it's though. I, maybe. I would do a lot of things for you guys, but this is actually too embarrassing. To you might be spreading a piece of information that maybe makes a kid's career. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There's this one guy trying to get a job somewhere in a news oh. station, but his damn voice just keeps giving out at the wrong time. That's right. If he had the proper fundamentals on how to warm up that vocal box, True. he'd go in there, get a job, probably not be homeless anymore. He was homeless, wasn't he, Tom? He was homeless. He was completely homeless living in the streets. It was in the middle of winter, too. We've seen him. No yeah. clothes. Uh, yeah. Didn't have gloves. But didn't have any shoes eating his own poop he's still doing that to this day i think but he says he watches every single day and if he could get a fucking good vocal box warm-up maybe he'd get a job he doesn't have to eat his poop anymore you hear about that guy i did hear about that what a story that would be american dream ian rapaport save the guy's life go save me save a life what he say one time I will not save a life. I'll oh, save a tree. Ian hates homeless people. That's unbelievable. Go ahead, uh, Diggs, last question. Ian, this time of year, um, does like DJ and Bucky Brooks get added to the group chat with you and Pelisaro and Garofolo? Like, do you do you trust their information more than yours this time of year? Or are you like, nah, my sources are better than yours. You don't know shit about the draft, DJ. Um, I've talked to DJ at least once a day for like the last week. I trust him with everything. The best thing about DJ is that when you get to this time in the draft, his friends stop talking to him um, because you don't know what you could say that could lean thing one way or another. And like, mm. then he's got his mock, so he's trying to figure out like which way to go. And like, he is a great resource. I went back and listened to the Move the Sticks podcast uh, over the course of the last several days. It is a wealth of information, and he also doesn't drink and curse, so he's a lot better than all of us. That makes me wonder. Oh, yeah. his I'm not judging him. Not judging yeah. him. No. Can you trust the guy? I'm not judging him. But his kid does his mock draft, just to be clear. That's one of a, them early. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, it was the last one. Not no, the, no, not no. the game time. Not the no, game. last the one's time. the big one. That's yeah. the one that everyone judges you on. You yeah. want to see how many you get right. It was early draft season one. Just making mm-hmm. sure. Gotcha. He does, he's never drank or cursed? I mean, I, he, I don't know never, but he does not do that. Wow, that's impressive. Good guy. That's good discipline. Yeah. All right, he well. also listens to uh, he also listens to Tevin Campbell. Uh, good name, Tevin Campbell. Uh, when he plays music, Tevin. or when he uh, when he does uh, great tape. Oh, Tevin Campbell's got bangers, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, the beats too. Stuff. Yeah, Tevin, Tevin Campbell can really get in your soul if you need to. Oh, yeah. And that's what we try to do whenever we chat with Ian Rappaport, you know? Oh, good yeah. luck on television. Welcome to all Vegas. Right. Hope you have a good time out there. We appreciate the hell out of you and all of the information that you give us on a weekly basis. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. I College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, dad of 10, A.J. Haw. Yeah! Oh! What's up, dude? 
I, I was unable to see uh, Ian's interview, but I feel like I just I just watched it. Honestly, seeing Connor go back and forth with you. Yeah, and you know that one was really for us. That one was really for us because as the intro song uh, video is playing, we are literally normally still chatting yeah. mm-hmm. off air about what we should maybe dive into or what we hadn't dove into. As that thing was three, two, and on one, Connor was finishing his sentence mm-hmm. about Ian clearly leaving Debo's contract out. I was like, oh, that's a fucking great point yeah. in my head. Yeah. As I'm going, welcome back to our two. I'm like, well, that's a fucking great point. Observation. Okay, how do we get to that as quick as possible? Because when we're talking to these insiders, they're speaking from a place of more information than us. So their natural opinions, I think, are going to be shaped and formed differently. And although we know everything can change, it feels like, what if Debo's on the move, AJ? What if this ends up being an actual thing? That would be wild to me. I mean, it seems like it, it very well could be right now. It's just how bad do the Niners want him? Or I guess how pissed off is Debo? Yeah, we all, like, I don't know. Has anything happened? Have we heard any more news about, out of there where something happened or this is why Debo is doing this other than what we knew last week? The only thing we heard is Ian Rappaport list off like five, six, maybe, and I'm, I'm – exaggerating on five, six, maybe three different reasons. He's owed a lot of money. He doesn't want to be there. uh, And they could get something big for him or something like that. He listed off as reasons for why they might listen to a call from somebody that wants in on Debo Samuel. That was in response to uh, Connor asking about which teams, or no, Ty asking about which teams would be in play because the Packers are one of the teams that were in play, as were the Giants and anybody else that had two ones basically this year. So that's what, and then he started listing off reasons why the Niners would listen to a call if somebody did want to give them two number ones in the top ten, which is like the New York Giants or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Jets as well. The Jets as well, not if they wanted to. That sounded interesting to me because unless Ian's just thinking for them, or if Ian's talking to people that aren't at the Niners at another team, you're like, well, you got to think. He doesn't want to be there. They could get two in the ten, and they have no picks. Like, you know, it just feels like when Ian says something like that. Mm-hmm. We should think about it a little bit more. So that's the only news, though, by the way. And this could all fucking change tomorrow, and that's day-to-day sports. It's fucking great. Hell yeah. it's, it's draft week. Everything will change. Everything's going to change hour to hour. But don't you think any team in the NFL is going to listen if someone's going to say, hey, we may offer you two ones in the top ten, like two picks in the top ten. That's a pretty good pull you can get. Or Yeah, definitely, especially in this draft. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. You gotta be shitting me. Uh, I saw Bill Gates trending. What is? What is oh, why is our fire alarm going off? Because Bill Gates is trending. I don't know. What is that? What is that? Why? What's Connor been doing? Congratulations. Oh. Way to go. You yeah, got Bill man. Gates. Check it off the list. Who's next? But honestly, who might be in a fire over here? And you got Bill Gates jokes on deck. Come Can't on. Have. Way to go, dude. Mitt Wait. has it. Mitt's got it under control back there. It did turn off relatively quickly. It did. Well, he might have started the fire. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning. It's a wireless turn. Let's get him going. Let's get him going now. Listen, we didn't start it, but we didn't stop it either, did we? No. We did not. It was always burning. It's a wireless turn. It is very annoying. It's very loud. Tough to do a show with that going on. It's like a Thunderdome. Thunderdome's on its way. Thank you. Yeah, and if there's ever a fire in the Thunderdome, we know it's- it'll get put out right away. First Has of all, that ever gone off before? This? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, dude, There's we got people drilling into everything. Yeah. There's a monsoon happening outside. I assume there's somebody in the near area. It's like, perfect day for construction. Mm-hmm. It's above 50 degrees, and they're oh, into yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say, boys, we all should have a lot more urgency 
And when an alarm goes off, and maybe there's a fire, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying not a one of us even thought about potentially burning to death right there. No. We should think about that. There's a lot of flammable things around here. Yeah? Let's yeah. think about that. If that was going to happen, though, I would just put my head down and run straight into that concrete wall and just break my neck and say, burning in flames. You know what I mean? Sorry. All right. I, I mean, that, 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 those flames are going to jump on you pretty quick if all of a sudden you hear that alarm and boom, well, you're dead. I won't feel it. There is so much goddamn lacquer on right that here. stage. I'm, that, I'm dancing on flames here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys might want to get out. You might want to just evacuate right now, then. Well, well, Zito said there's no immediate danger. He just came thanks. from my ear. That, that was how Zito explained it. <laughs> okay. Way. Thank God. No immediate danger, which well, is during, thanks for taking a look. See? During Maybe Hanukkah, later. when we had the candles up there, we had the. Uh, fire extinguisher. Yeah, we had the fire extinguisher in here, so we have taken precautions. Fire extinguisher, by the way. It uh, takes out all the oxygen in the air. Yeah. Hmm. So that's like a part of it, right? Because flames operate mm-hmm. off of oxygen. Yeah, mm-hmm. feed on it. So like when somebody sprays um, a fire extinguisher like in your face, it takes all the air out as well. So not only are you getting hit, but there's actually no air. So there was a chance a fire extinguisher was going to happen in a match. They say, hey, listen, there's a fire extinguisher underneath the cage or underneath the ring. It could happen. And uh, I said, okay, what am I doing there? What's going on? And they said, take a very deep breath beforehand. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I did that, I guess, because you can't breathe. I, oh. I guess it's, it takes out all the air. That's so, crazy. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, a little huh? fun fact there. Here it is. Just in case. Just in case. Yep. Smart. 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 No, I or mean, just, you don't want to get that stuff in your mouth either, I would assume. Yeah. I thought it was just cold air. Unless it's on fire. Yeah, because you ever watch like a bank robbery movie or something like that, uh, and they have to have the air tanks in case all the all the air gets sucked out of the room while they're doing the robbery. In the safe. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Hey, the best style of bank robbery mm-hmm. in my style or in my uh, opinion, you got to make a false wall. You got to live behind it for a week. Sure. Yes. Yes. Protein nice. bars. It is by far the most brilliant one. Oh, yeah. Put masks on everybody. Everybody in onesies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Everybody's called the same name. Yep. Everybody speaks the exact same. And then just build a fake wall and live behind it. Genius. Easy yeah. enough. Smartest of all time. You think Spike Lee said, all right, I know exactly how I would rob a motherfucking bank if I had to. But instead of doing it, I'm just going to make a movie about it and make more money than the bank robber. Yeah. What a brilliant, smart. brilliant thing. That was awesome. And they were taking all the money from a dude who made his money from, like, the Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. Or the whole Nazi movement? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's how that lady who uh, got uh, eaten by the cannibal. Sure. Jodie Foster. There it is. Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah, somebody, obviously, somebody saw it through something. That's what caused the, uh, the wire. You, you don't, don't say. Clipped, the, clipped the wire. Yeah. Right. That happens. That never happens here. <laughs> that, that person would never be able to rob a bank either. I got a lot no. of respect for all the hardworking people that have to do the jobs outside. A lot of respect for it, you know? Like, yeah. play Operation once, you know, well, to find the, out you can do it. The yeah. people that be dancing around this particular building, it seems like, have zero touch or finesse and have no idea what they're doing. I'm not sure if they're all new, and we appreciate them getting out there and working, but also, I mean, this has to be the least efficient operation going on around here. Yeah, I mean, you hear people, like, hitting a gas line every once in a while and having it be, like, a big deal. Like, I mean, people are fucking plowing through gas lines every other week <laughs> around here. It's, it's insane. I don't know, drilling for oil next door. Uh, it's going to be a good part of the city, though, AJ. Hey, you coming? Are you live Thursday? No, I'm going to be live from here. I've oh, tried to pick up the chicken shit. Hey, fuck you. Every yep. Keep it coming. Yep. Well, what's the deal? I thought Bob Believe me, I've Yeah. 
Things, the timing of the draft is very poor when it comes to everything going on back here. For what? Well, what about Bob Carpenter getting that brand new van yeah. wrapped? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah, I, saw that. I need to ask Bob about all that. Well, he's busy. But listen, he's got time to take care of the Hawk house if he had him. Bob's going to watch all my kids and get them all to school and do all that. Well, yeah, Bob, easy. yeah, he brought football he back. Put it on your calendar for next year. Okay. What? Same time probably as this year. God damn it! Yeah, and we're probably gonna do the same show that we're gonna do. It'll be <laughs> nice. Right, Noted. Thunderdome note after the game. I'll, tell me what the draft is next year. All right, it's in uh, Detroit. Everybody's yeah. gonna love it. Yeah. Uh, last Thursday of April. Everybody's gonna love it. Let's go to Detroit. We should be at the draft when it's in Detroit. Absolutely no, not. That place is a dump. No, 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 Detroit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Detroit, Detroit's there. in two years. Oh, uh, what's the Arrowhead next year? Oh, oh, maybe. Oh. Maybe we go. Red, what's the guy? Red Rocket. What's the name? We should go to Boozy Brunch Place. Oh, M and T. Oh, yeah, that one you guys went MTA. to. MTA. Right, no. Was that St. Louis? Oh, yeah, that was St. Louis. Is that the club that has brunch? Oh, St. Louis, yeah. No. What's that place called? Fuck. I just saw it in the vlog. St. Louis. I, oh, you're talking about the no, Jackson I was Mahomes talking, brunch? No, I was talking about the place that you guys went in St. Louis. With the fucking party and like the DJ. Mm-hmm. And Wheelhouse. 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 That was a great brunch. That, when, in, when the draft is in St. Louis. We're we going for yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. That place was insane, AJ. Awesome. I We... Hey, there was a nightclub, right? It looked like it. Yeah, in the middle of the day, and it just said brunch outside too. Like I thought we were walking into a brunch place, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did have brunch. Had some great B's and G's. I think I had a little. Uh, they got a breakfast sandwich as well. Ooh. Yeah, they're good. And then it was just full nightclub. I was like, oh my god. That happened in Fort Worth too. That one place, like Scrambles or whatever the hell it was, and we walked in and it was just oh, bumping yeah. music and everyone was boozing. I feel like everybody has a good brunch. Does it? Does Indiana have one? No, no, no. no. A garden table gets after it here and there. On, nah, yeah, they're, it's they're good not food. bad. Oh, D- Diggs is a big time day boozing guy. Yeah, yeah. There's for a long, 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 long time there wasn't one boozy brunch place here. Now there's one. Well, listen, Diggs, don't be so. I mean, did you hear the judgment? Did you hear the judgment <laughs> in that voice right there? Host it yourself, Diggs. Yeah, why don't you bu- open a place right next door? We got a whole crew outside. Yeah. There we go. Build it for you. Bottomless mimosas. Yeah, uh, those joining us. Are free. Joining us. They are not. Those things are. <laughs> <laughs> to be, they have to cost so much money. I was looking around, buying a coffee for like 25 cents, and they got f- flamethrowers going off yeah. in the back. Ridiculous. It's awesome, though. Good times. Joining us now uh, as we pivot away from uh, brunch at a draft in St. Louis that hasn't been scheduled yet, uh, we, let's move to a brand new head coach in the NFL. This is a big deal. I cannot wait to chit-chat with this man who is going to operate next to Kirk Cousins in beautiful fashion and bring... A team to the Minnesota that everybody from Lake Minnetonka all the way to uh, Saskatoon, Brainerd, <laughs> yes, can be pumped about. Ladies and gentlemen, former San Diego State University quarterback Kevin O'Connor. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, man? What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, great. Thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on the gig. Yeah. yeah. Only- no, thank you very much. Appreciate, uh, obviously, you uh, the, the San Diego State shout out. Uh, I, I more than uh, more than appreciate that as well. Okay, no problem. Let's let's start talking about that then. Congrats on the now being the head coach. Looking back though, we didn't know enough about you as a player, so we looked through the internet, and you know the internet <laughs> always right. Yeah. Six five. 225 or something like that? 6'5", 225? You ran a 4'6"? What, dude? Is that real? Is that really what you were doing as a quarterback coming out of college? It shouldn't uh, It shouldn't even have been a 4'6". I was in the high 4'5s training. You know, all these gurus start telling you how fast you're going to run. But, no, I can move a little bit, and I probably had to because, uh, 
you know, my one uh, my one flaw was the one that hurts most quarterbacks that don't make it in this league, and that was being accurate throwing the football. So um, I needed to be fast because even when they were open, sometimes the better thing for our offense. Um, was for me to tuck it down and run. <laughs> <laughs> Great self-awareness. Hey, you know, any first down's a good first down. Uh, why, right. did, why didn't you move to tight end? Was there ever a conversation to go to tight end or anything like that? Do you think nowadays you would have been moved in the modern NFL? Well, especially nowadays, you know, when uh, you know, they don't ask the tight ends to do a lot of the things they used to. I might have fit in real well with that. But I ended up coaching for uh, Chip Kelly um, a couple years later, a few years later. And I think if... If Coach would have been in the league, he he, uh, he, he did tell me that I'd probably still be playing because he would have found some way uh, to use me some way, shape, or form. But, uh, but no, I just I got op- great opportunities to come into this league um, with the New England Patriots and then get to play for the Jets and oh, yeah. kind of bounce around. But I, I really do look at it, Pat, like everything was part of a, uh, a plan and a process to help me become a really good coach, and, and hopefully I'm on my way to, be, to doing that. It's awesome. Are any of those, uh, any of your, your former coaches that you may have played for or coached with, like, do you have one or two that you kind of lean on the most that maybe are kind of like your mentors? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think about Josh McDaniels being one of them. Um, obviously, a huge part of the reason why I was drafted there, spent time with him pre-draft. Um, and just throughout my whole journey, even from the time I left uh, New England and, and, and became uh, kind of bounced around from place to place, played for a division rival for three years, helping the Jets try to beat the Patriots. I always kept in touch with Josh. I got so much respect for him. He taught me so much football, taught me so much about quarterback play um, and playing, even though I was only there uh, a short amount of time, you know, that experience in New England really did shape, uh, you know, my football journey. I really believe that. Uh, but Josh is definitely one of them. Um, you, you talk about a lot of the coaches that I've, uh, you know, that I've been able to coach for, uh, like a Chip Kelly, like a uh, Jay Gruden, like obviously Mike Pettin, who's uh, our assistant head coach here. Uh, huge reason giving me my first job uh, that I got into coaching, but then getting to see him, you know, on a daily basis in this role and now getting him on this staff. I mean, you're, you're talking about guys that uh, have a ton of experience, leaders of men that uh, I can really look back on and take some things from in, in a lot of different capacities. But uh, players, coaches, uh, I can't tell you, you know, AJ, how much I've been uh, blessed to be around the people that I've been around. And I know you guys probably feel the same way about people along your football journey um, that helped lead you to where you are to this very day. And, and I'm no different. Uh, AJ and I talk about it all the time about, hey, to be a coach in the NFL, like you got to be made for it. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to. Me and AJ are not made for it. We have decided numerous times, especially after speaking to friends who go on and try to coach in the NFL, and we we even try to convince them that they're not made for it either. Like, <laughs> what are you? What are you even doing? Did you know you were going to be a coach? Like, did everybody say like probably going to get into coaching? Was it something that <laughs> the schedule, the nightmare of a schedule, was something you were like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with it. Very early, or how did that whole thing transition into you being a coach instead of player? Well, Pat, you know you're not going to be, uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, but you know you're not going to, your, your playing career is not long for this world when your second or third year uh, into the league, you start getting to, hey, man, you make a great coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I just remember some really, really good coaches, uh, you know, said that to me very early. So I figured my way of staying in the NFL as a player uh, was to provide that in the quarterback room. And then in some cases, uh, really, you know, especially when I was with the Jets, able to walk down the hall and spend time with the defensive coaches and say, hey, you know, this is how they slide their protections. This is what, you know, Brady may see, uh, you know, out of this look. This is how he's going to view this. 
Um, this is what this coverage may trigger within their route concepts, things that I just kind of looked at when I watched tape and I said, hey, this information might be good for somebody else, uh, but not just me. And, and there was a couple things that kind of happened in games where you feel like you had the smallest little bit of uh, kind of help with that. And uh, it kind of it kind of piqued that interest. And then I, I love the quarterback position and, and, and all that goes into it and the details and the, and the techniques and the fundamentals that you can coach up and help a guy go play well on Sunday. So um, I kind of knew early on the transition out of football into coaching. Um, I tried the broadcasting thing for a year, um, a year or two, and really liked that. I did some work kind of on the side with quarterbacks. Uh, but then I got a call to, to be a quarterback coach in this league. And whether my family, my wife and I, whether we were truly ready or not, um, we had to do it. And, and I'm so thankful that I did uh, because I always knew I would be great with it. Uh, but I've said this a lot. Uh, you know, I've had a my wife, Leah, has been phenomenal as a coach's wife, which is the number one requirement to do this job, to be a great dad, be a great husband is great. But you need that support coming right back to you. And she's been unbelievable for me. I think she's going to be a phenomenal head coach's wife kind of stepping into a leadership role of her own. Oh, that's awesome. When you went in to, to interview for, for the job there, uh, did you, like, study the roster before you go in? Like, how much knowledge do you have to have of the current roster? And do they ask you a lot of questions back and forth on what you would do with specific players? That definitely comes up. The good thing for me is I had the benefit of, uh, I think I, I had another interview the day before with another team. Uh, this was also on a game week uh, before we were getting ready to travel to Tampa Bay. Uh, to play the Buccaneers uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and then the second interview was that following uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. Uh, and it, it just a lot happened fast uh, that it was more so about, you know, what I wanted to be like as a head coach, the culture I wanted to build, offensive and defensive and special team systems. Um, and then, you know, really presenting who you're going to be as a head coach. But I, I'd be lying to you said if, if, I, if the uh, Vikings roster didn't come up, um, certain players, certain positions, uh, how you would use those guys, uh, that always goes into it for sure. The natural follow-up here would be about Kirk Cousins, and I do want to get into Kirk Cousins eventually because from what we're hearing about him and our conversations with him, it seems like Kirk Cousins might be a dog. He might be. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if the whole world knows that or not. We'll get into that. But that whole uh, interview process, while having to prepare for the biggest games of your life, did you hate that or love that? That seems like a lot. Is it not? It was. I did not because, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be uh, a stretch to say I slept even close to uh, anything normal until long after the Super Bowl. And then right when I thought I was going to get a couple days to rest, I was on a flight out here to get rolling. I've been at this desk ever since. So uh, through that whole process, I, it was not one of those situations where I spent the month of December preparing for what was to come. Uh, we were, you know, we didn't win a game in the month of November in LA. So uh, talk about the test of your team culture and, and what you, what ultimately we want to build here. Uh, we, we lost three games and had our bye in November and then won nine out of our next 10. Um, but with that, to win a Super Bowl Woo! takes a heck of a lot of commitment. It takes, you know, trust in your process, trust in what you built up uh, from a team standpoint. Um, but that takes being all in as a coach. And, and if Matthew Stafford ever walked in the building, and thought that I wasn't all in, uh, 100% prepared, uh, that wouldn't have been fair to him or any other of our other offensive players, uh, or Sean as the head coach. I would never, ever want that to be something that came up. So what that was was on my own time, which, as you guys have already described, uh, there's not much of it, especially when you're trying to be in the stretch of it. 
into into December and January. So I had to find time. I had to trust what I really do believe, uh, which made it really easy to go in there and have conviction and passion about ultimately what I want to become as a head coach in this league. And uh, I figured that uh, if I was able to present that uh, and, and, and a team was willing to give me an opportunity, uh, then the fit's probably right, the leadership structure's probably right, and my impact on this team's probably going to be something uh, that is exactly what I was looking for. Oh, man, you're going to be a fucking great head coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, the media thing you had to crush, you are very good at speaking. I want to let you know. Like, ready to run through a wall type shit here, man. Not if it sounds like Fugues either. And you, as a player, you know, like, it all sounds very natural to you. I, I, I think... Hey, Vikings fans got to be fucking pumped, dude. You guys re-sign Kirk. You re-sign Kirk. You get him some more guaranteed money. You worked with him in Washington. A lot was made of that. A lot was chatted about, like, how whenever they talked to you, they said, hey, what would you do with Kirk? You had comfort with Kirk. They wanted to go forward with Kirk. There was never any questions about Kirk potentially not being a Viking, allegedly. Going into this whole thing, now you're going back to the Vikings to work with Kirk Cousins. What are your thoughts on him? You won a Super Bowl with Stafford. Uh, Kirk seems to be a guy in all situations for whatever reason in the NFC North it might be tough what are your thoughts on getting back with Kirk and was that a big part of the hiring process it was for me um, just because I know how hard it is to play in this league um, if your organization and your team doesn't think you have a guy um, and that's what we're doing I mean on a daily basis is is, is obviously putting together an offensive system to, to do what Kirk does well but do what all of our guys do well but He's our leader. Uh, he's our he's our trigger man. And I think uh, you know when you put together an offense. Uh, I mentioned my flaw as a quarterback. Kirk does not have that. Kirk <laughs> is one of the more accurate passers uh, that I've been around. Um, I think he's incredibly tough and durable, which doesn't get uh, talked about enough as far as the quarterback position goes uh, in this league. Guys that are available and in that huddle uh, with their guys every single Sunday that matters. You guys know that that matters to have that guy out there. Uh, you know, the, the grind of the preparation that goes in Monday through Saturday um, to do that with your starter and have him run out there and be your guy every single week. That matters a ton, like I said. And then his experience level, you know, uh, he's played a lot of football. Uh, he's played in some different situations, some different offenses. Uh, but the one thing, you know, I know when, when we got Matthew in L.A. is his football intelligence and his football IQ from all the experiences that he had kind of been in um, when he was in Detroit. Uh, we took advantage of that in a way where we could build something that we didn't even know uh, was really possible in L.A. to try to take our offense to the next level, uh, doing what he does best, which is a lot of stuff. And I feel like Kirk is like that as well, where we can obviously use my previous experience with him, but also push him to, to hopefully new levels uh, where we can build a, a quarterback-friendly system. Uh, we, we feel very strongly about our offensive philosophy uh, fitting a lot of different players and their styles. But when a guy can take ownership of it, and take that ownership out into the huddle uh, with the type of players we have around him in our offensive huddle. Um, I feel really, really good about Kirk as our quarterback. And, you know, he's off to a great start this spring. Just came off the field a little bit ago. We had a great first day on the grass. And can't wait oh. to get back tomorrow. Hey, football's wow. back. Yeah, football's baby. back. Woo. Let's go. Uh, go ahead, Ty. Coach, obviously it's impossible pretty much to get a head coaching job in the NFL. So most guys, when they get the opportunity, aren't really in a position to turn it down or say, you know, it's, it's not right for them. But when you look at the Rams coming from where you're at and they're kind of, you know, you, they, you win the Super Bowl, they're built for the next couple of years. Was it bittersweet at all leaving that situation to go to Minnesota? Or is it one of those things where you know what you can do, you kind of had the pieces in place and you're confident that wherever you were going to go, you're going to be successful? 
It's a great question. And the first thing, the first thing that I would say is, uh, you know, finishing it off the way we did. Uh, there's no other way to go into an organization and want to be a part of something. You make the playoffs our first year there. Uh, we knew what we had to do to, you know, go take our team to the next level and, and go finish that thing off the right way. But then it's going through the adversity um, of not winning a game in the month of November. It's going through the adversity of having some critical injuries at some key moments where, as a team, you learned how to, you know, uh, you know when your back was against the wall, you, you continue to come together as a group and trust in each other, trust in the man next year as a coach or a player. There's nothing more uh, that I could have wanted to learn than actually going through that and then winning a Super Bowl. Uh, but, but as far as getting the opportunity to get this job, uh, this has been – uh, the best experience of my life so far, getting to lead this group, build a coaching staff, uh, connect with these players, connect with the people in this building. It's a great building full of a lot of talented, talented people. Um, to say I was really, really excited to jump on the jet and get out here was an understatement. Um, but I will say that I feel very prepared from uh, my experience and my time around Sean McVay and that organization to help me know exactly how I want this organization to be and, and function. Um, and now it's just about rolling up our sleeves and, and going to do the thing. And it wasn't bad either uh, to know that, uh, although it couldn't be fully uh, official, uh, to get that two, three weeks uh, with those guys of knowing uh, what was to come and knowing that there was a clock on uh, my time in that building up in the corner of the room. So I didn't take a moment for granted, uh, not one of those relationships for granted. I won't uh, forever and ever just knowing how special of a time it was there. But uh, couldn't be more excited to be where I'm at and, and, and be rolling with these guys. You're the 10th coach in Minnesota Viking history. And the whole thought that, um, you know, you're building something right now. Lake Minnetonka is out there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Beautiful. The weather's good. Hey, it gets to fucking negative 20 oh, out yeah. there. Hey, negative 20, negative 25 out there. Now, that city is beautiful. Beautiful. And it's all connected downtown, and there's a lot going on. It gets chilly. Oh, yeah. Hey. San Diego State, California guy. I know you're right, or born in Knoxville. It gets cold as shit. Are you ready for Arctic <laughs> temperatures in Minneapolis, Minnesota? So you talk about when I first got out here, we played the Super Bowl on a Sunday, uh, flew, went to the parade that Wednesday, got on a plane about an hour later, and I told uh, everybody, I, I, my family was able to fly with me. I told my kids, I told my wife, uh, I'm not wearing a heavy coat when we get off the plane. People have to see me. You know, being willing to 11 p.m., midnight, whatever it was, I'm not wearing a heavy coat. Uh, I'm going to get off this plane. I'm going to walk to, uh, you know, our transportation, and I'm going to I'm going to tough this thing out with a smile on my face. Well, you know, we get off the plane, and I look left, and I look right, and there's not exactly transportation right there right away. It, it eventually pulled up, but uh, to say that uh, when I got in the uh, in the uh, the SUV, I might have you know underestimated what I was walking into. <laughs> I've learned now to, to dress and be prepared uh, when you walk outside. It is a beautiful place, uh, unbelievable fans. Uh, there is not a place that I go that I don't feel the passion and enthusiasm of our fans. Uh, I've been on the sideline at U.S. Bank Stadium a couple times to know what that's like. Uh, I'm just ready to be on the other sideline there with the support of all those fans. and um, That gets me excited just talking about it, to be honest with you. I'm ready to – you talk about running through walls, I'm ready to do it right now. Uh, you know, for our fans there at U.S. Bank Stadium. Holy cow. Hey, they fill it up, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. They fill it up. School. It is. La yeah, the... And then, boom, boom. That's excellent, man. Come on. We're going to do it. They get going. We're 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 going.
like so excited to get in there. All everybody that um everybody that I knew from other teams, like, is this your first time playing over there? It's like, yeah, they're like, Oh, you're gonna love it, man. It is awesome. Wait till they start doing the whole thing and the guy does the thing and it's a whole scene. We ended up just blowing them the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, it like early, all the way through. Didn't even get to experience it. Didn't even get to experience it. Like literally, we were not supposed to win the game the way we won the game, but it was just we got lucky early and then the bounces were just all going our way. Like the entire game. It was unfortunate because I didn't get to experience that place. I, that's like one of the best fans, I think, in the entire NFL. just doesn't get talked about enough uh, because, you know, the big bad wolf Aaron Rodgers is in the neighborhood. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you go about focusing on an entire team now? And you said in the interview you had to chat about the offense, the defense, and the special team systems. What is it, just how you've picked it up along the way, what you think is the best method? How are you deciding defensive strategies and special team strategies as well? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think I knew how I want uh, this team to look in all three phases. I think uh, Ed Donatello is here for a reason um, because of the defensive structure, which is really, you know, when you talk about some of the guys that have kind of branched out from that Fangio type of system, uh, whether it's Ed here, uh, Brandon, uh, they're running that system in L.A., Brandon Staley running it, uh, obviously with the Chargers. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pieces of it around the league now but the reason why that is pat is because quarterbacks don't love to play against it you know they the 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 coverage is a little bit you know you know they play techniques on the back end where you don't always know what the coverage is until well after the snap and uh you know in my experience with quarterbacks that are trying to see things after the snap hopefully that makes them take one more hitch hopefully that takes them uh one more uh, half a second where uh, obviously daniel hunter uh, zadarius smith uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, whether it's Jordan Hicks or Eric Kendricks pressuring, uh, more, hopefully it's one more click that those guys can get home and that coverage can just uh, just be murky enough that the quarterback has to hold that rock. Obviously, that's the intent. Um, you got to be able to stop the run in this league. Uh, so we have uh, principles about doing that. And then ultimately, we want to affect the quarterback with the way we play on defense, both the pass rush uh, and obviously the coverage structure. Special teams wise. Here we go. Uh, Here we go. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, Matt Daniels was a guy uh, that obviously he coached for Coach Fossil and, 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 with, and with the Rams before they went to the Cowboys. And I just always have so much respect for the way their guys play, uh, the way they execute uh, in really that phase that does determine a lot of things when it comes to winning a football game, whether it's field position, uh, you know, take advantage of the strengths of your team and the depth of your team to go, you know, be a weapon for a football team on a Sunday. Uh, I do think that that's a big deal, and, and, and we're off to a great start in both those phases. Uh, it does help being the head coach so I can learn the defense because uh, I will call plays against him in practice, so I do have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, earlier, earlier you mentioned uh, building like a, a, a QB-friendly system. Like, What does that look like? What does that mean exactly? Well, to start, uh, I think the type of plays you run versus the looks you're going to run them against. You know, we want to have an advantage when the ball snapped. Uh, no matter uh, you know what defense you line up in, ultimately as an offense, we feel like we can hold the pen last, um, and that's taking advantage of uh, aggressive defenses, uh, taking advantage of defenses that might play certain coverages, man zone, uh, single high, uh, split safety, different front structures, different personnel groupings. We feel like ultimately in the end we can build a week in and week out offense uh, in this league that uh, can at least give our guys whatever advantage we're responsible for. Uh, pre, pre-snap, pre we can hopefully let that bleed over 
uh, to the post-snap as well by the types of things we're calling. And more importantly, maybe the things that we're not calling, uh, not asking guys to do uh, when, when things might get difficult post-snap. We want guys to have clarity. Uh, we want, you know, that, that, that clarity is something that allows really talented players to play fast, explosive, make great decisions with the ball in their hands, uh, which ultimately leads to when you got the players like we do, uh, really good things happening. And, and, and then it's about a, how do you apply pressure uh, as, a, as a coaching staff to the other side because there's some great defensive coaches in this league. Uh, so whatever advantage we can possibly give the quarterback, I think, uh, bleeds over to the rest of that offensive huddle. Uh, tactically, I could get into some real finite details of it, but the biggest thing, <laughs> if you guys were playing quarterback uh, and, and you decided, hey, I don't really like that play versus that look, guess what? We're not going to call it, and we're going to run a play uh, in that situation based upon the sameness and likeness of making things start out looking the same in our offense, but they're different. Um, sometimes even when the de- defense may have the answers to the test, uh, you still got to react, you still got to play, and you got to you, you <laughs> be able to be, you know, play at our play speed with the clarity that our players have. Uh, coach, listen. It's obvious that you are a brainiac. You hear me? You are next level intelligent, and that is awesome. We just, we're doing some research in the back. Highest Wonderlick score, obviously, whenever he came. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the way you're speaking, you know, big ass brain. I can hear this. Is this why you were so pumped for Kirk Cousins? And then you talked about Matthew Stafford's recall. And I just heard you explain your offense, how you're going to hold the pen last, but you also want clarity. Is there going to be a lot of like, hey, everybody's got to be on the same page like we see in, uh, uh, Tom Brady's offenses, like we see in Aaron Rodgers' offenses, like we saw in Peyton Manning's offenses, where although he's making checks, there are some times where the wide receiver's going to have to just see the same thing that the quarterback's seeing. It seems like that only happens in certain places, and all those places seem to have success. Why is that, and is that the type of offense you're looking for? Even though it's clarity, it's going to be pretty much pretty complex thinking with the pen last uh, metaphor you made there. Yeah, and I think the key is, you know, you may be a week-in and week-out offense as far as game planning, but uh, if you're staying true to, you know, foundationally at your core what that offense looks like, especially on first and second down, I think the situational football, third down, red zone, two-minute, those can always look different based upon what you're seeing on the other side. But first and second down, we want to dictate, uh, you know, to the defense, you know, by our, our system which could look like a lot of different things depending on how you line up defensively. Um, and, and make no mistake about it, Pat, I feel really good about what we're doing offensively because of our players. I feel strongly about myself where I'm at in my career, but I have a great coaching staff as well, uh, guys that will uh, help get these players prepared. And, and it's not just you know words that we're speaking as a staff. We're giving them the why. Uh, they know exactly why we're doing things week in and week out. Maybe these slight adjustments – uh, that could be hard for the defense, subtle and, and, and easy for us once our guys understand, uh, but that slightest difference could, could be the winning edge for us to have success on a play, uh, which could trigger a drive to go score, uh, which might be exactly what our team needs to go win a football game. Austin Eckler told us that Brandon Staley started explaining why everybody was every phase was doing what it was doing, and it helped the team immensely. They were learning about it. I feel like the younger generation of people just understand that it, once people understand why something's happening, it's a lot easier and better for them to buy in and also remember it, I think. I, I can't wait to see what your team does. You're, hey, you're a fucking incredibly impressive human being. I assume people tell you that all the time. I mean, you just got a job one of 32 or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach, I'm a Patriots fan, so first off, thank you for your service in 2008. But also, you mentioned McDaniels. Did he reach out to you at all when you got the job? And do you guys have any friendly wagers on who's going to have more wins next year? You or the Raiders? 
he did reach out. Um, him and I, you know, have had some great dialogue already at the, you know, at the owners' meetings, able to catch up, uh, you know, under obviously different circumstances than maybe the last time we talked. And uh, we do not have any wagers, uh, although I'm sure I will keep in touch with him. We do not play them this year, uh, at least on the regular season schedule. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely lean on Josh here and there because uh, he's been a head coach before in this league, and he's he's getting an opportunity to do it again. Um, one of the brightest offensive minds. Uh, I think we have in our league, and and ultimately, uh, I think he's a great leader. I think he's going to do really good things there. Can you still spin it or what? I just did. The defense was out on the field uh, a couple hours ago, Pat. I'm telling you, man, it may have been in the indoor, but uh, I had it going today. Oh. <laughs> hey, thrown to the defense sounds like a guy that's not accurate is perfect for you. You called it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it to the general area. Those guys will go get the ball. And- and half of them can't catch anyway. That's why they're playing defense. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk to her in practice? Uh, it, it just depends. If somebody says something to me, uh, that's normally uh, what might get me going a little bit. But I won't I won't start it, but I'll definitely compete once uh, it does begin. It sounds like Kirk Cousins is a pretty similar. Last question here, Coach. We can't thank you enough for all your time here. Go ahead, Tone. Coach, you just referenced the owners' meetings. Like, as a f- – like, do the first-time head coaches at the owners' meetings have to buy dinner? They get ha- they get hazed at all? Does Dan Campbell come up and try to give you a no game and say, welcome to the division? Nice, nice. <laughs> Anything like that going on? There was, there was a lunch that, uh, you know, the attendance of some unnamed coaches, uh, you know, they were at. Uh, and obviously there was a session taking place after that lunch. There was uh, one lunch where I had to pick up the tab just to be able to leave the lunch on time and get back like the first-year coach – uh, that I was, so I had to uh, uh, do the old pick up the tab. Hey, best of luck to you guys. Um, lunch is on me, but I'm not going to be late for these meetings because uh, you know, I, obviously, the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots were sitting right next to each other. So you guys know who I was sitting by, and I didn't want to be late to that meeting. <laughs> yeah, smart. By the way, not a good first year impression, I'd assume, uh, for all the Vikings fans. Well, good luck with everything. I hope you're enjoying the entire process. It sounds like you're going to do an incredible job. Uh, good luck with everything, Coach. Appreciate you guys. It'll be fun to do this again soon. Oh, you want to come back? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? How about it? Oh, yeah. Hey, well, well, you know, you enjoyed a good football talk. Huh? It was good football <laughs> chatter. Had a good... What's the rest of the day look like? What do you got today? This was in preparation for what, a meal, a workout, going back into the film room? What do you got next? Well, this is the first time we've been on the grass with the guys, so I'll get to go watch some of that. And then we've got some uh, very important draft talk, oh. uh, you know, with our with our GM, who I cannot speak highly enough. Who are you guys taking, you think? Yeah, what you guys, <laughs> what's your draft board? Do you have, can you just give us your draft board? Luckily, luckily, I, I won't know that till this meeting, so I got nothing for you right now. So next time, next time. Well, I think your dad was in the FBI. Sounds like you could have talked your way out of that if you had to. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you so much, man. Good luck over there. You're incredibly impressive. Thanks for your time, and I hope you enjoy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, What's up? But So Sheeran is uh, 215, correct? That's we will yeah. be having John Sheeran head odds maker for FanDuel. Why do you get so mad? Uh, well, I don't. I just because because normally you do it thirty seconds before an introduction is coming yep. of the person. So it's it, like it's all because I'm honestly I'm dead like I'm serious. I'm really asking. That's usually the case. Yes, John Sheeran will be joining us in about twelve minutes. Yes, and the boys are here. The toxic table at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. Tyron Diggs is here. How are we gambling on Hammer? Dad. 
Uh, actually, very, very, very hot. We're all swinging very hot bats. That's what I'm talking about, boys. Here go, boys. Even Bruce, I think, went undefeated on Friday. Adam, baby, Bruce. Bruce. Uh, at Gampino. how's uh, is it soccer betting that's really hot for you, or the MLB? What are we uh, making money on right now? Baseball was very good on Saturday. Sunday feels like uh, maybe take it easy on baseball. Sunday getaway day, guys are leaving town. No tough Chick-fil-A. day to bet. No yeah, Chick-fil-A. tough day to bet. Jesus is, is you know talking. We got yeah. the we got the Champions League this week. Though, so. What? Cristiano Ronaldo to score the other day was a great little drop into the group text. We uh, appreciate yeah. that, Gumpy, because you know some things are very predictable in soccer. For instance, Cristiano Ronaldo coming off a very emotional week with the family. Yeah, he's gonna score a goal. Yeah. Absolutely, of course. What was that? Plus something? What Plus one forty. Should have had two. Some other guy took the penalty shot. What the what? fuck are we doing? What's that all about? What are you doing, Bruno? Well, like had a game winner too. What's that, pal? Fucking Captain America had a game yeah. winner. Politics oh, off the bench. Yeah, politics gonna score. Why don't they start him? He's just better off the bench. He comes on, chip on his shoulder, flies around. A little Feels bit. like he does always score when he comes on. All right, so USA's got to do that. Put his ass on yeah. bench. Uh-huh. And uh, Barcelona might be dead again. No, oh, Jay, you hear that? What happened, Gump? Barcelona. What's going on? Who says it like that? Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelonians. They've lost three games at home in the last ten days. Barcelona. Barcelona. Now Barcelona. Because they get rid of Messi, right? That's yeah. when this all went yeah. downhill. Their yeah. young stud, Pedri, did get hurt. They aren't the same team without oh, him. Jeez. Boy, and the coach, Thavi, is not performing to what everyone thought he would. Yeah, he can't Thavi's, get the boys out there to fly Thavi's around. Thavi's yeah. numbers are not as good as some people thought they might be. All right, let's talk about some other things uh, that are easily bettable, other than Barcelona's downfall. Mm. Yeah. Should have seen that coming when Methy was driven into Paris like he was Wee uh, Wee Paris King mm. over there yeah. with the entire how's he doing where's he at he scored uh on the weekend psg lifted the uh french league cup this week congratulations wow. no way Matthew, let's another go. another cup another cup that's for regular Matthew. season that's yeah. right yeah they want to, they're in the champions league now no, there's 27 the cups a year league. you can win they're out of the champions league there's only four teams left my friend i thought they just won a cup they lifted the cup that's the how league do you keep cup. track of any of this real madrid real Real Play Madrid, FIFA. Man City. If you watch soccer, how? Well, listen, we're trying to learn right now, I yeah, think, yeah, but it is. It changes. Right, I'm sorry, Goomp. The floor is yours. Thank you, AJ. Thank I you. This is that. soccer it's talk. It's a damn shame time. you can't be here live for the draft spectacular. Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. show of the year. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But thank yeah. you. Uh, Valencia, or, or sorry, Villarreal, Liverpool, and Manchester City, Real Madrid are the four teams left in the Champions League. What? So the cup that Methy and PSG just mm-hmm. won. Puts them in the Champions League next year. Absolutely. Okay, so this okay. is last year's Champions mm-hmm. League. Yeah. While this year's champions are being crowned. Hell yeah. okay. Are all the other champions being crowned right now? Uh, Liverpool and Man City is an absolute dogfight for the EPL crown right now. Uh, Liverpool's one point behind. It's going to come down to the fucking end. Oh, right so there. it's uh, it's it's uh, tournaments uh, points. It's not a yeah, game to game. It's league, yeah. Okay. okay. Do we know if the MLS got their invite to the Champions League or not? Yeah, because if they if they don't let the Portland Timbers mm-hmm. or the Columbus Crew, yeah, take on the likes of Barcelona in them one time, I will never take the well, Champions League series. Well, Gar- Gareth, Gareth Bale maybe yeah. coming to the MLS. Yeah, that's so what we heard. Help. That'll help. Yeah, so. that's what we heard. He's great, great player. Great. Put us in then. I, the I heard Austin FC also had a very good weekend too. Good Austin club. FC is one of the better teams in the MLS. Actually, is that Matt McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear green, right? Yeah, yeah. he's got those boys buzzing. Yeah. yeah, the MLS is currently 
On. Todd. Todd. Hey, listen, I'm the biggest fucking Portland yeah. Timbers fan you're going to find, and I have not been able to MLS find MLS's back Nile. tournament saved us from Kobe. That's all we had. Speaking of, did the USS I had no idea. this weekend? Todd. Thought we were in the offseason. We just started the season. Come on. What the fuck? Well, you haven't worn your uh, Austin FC jersey. So how I'm saving it for the playoff. The fucking Detroit minor league team just beat the Columbus Crew. All right. Really? Uh, yes. yes. Columbus Crew. Oh, we didn't have our main guy. Thought that was a friendly. Ty. MLS did not deserve. That. I didn't know the certainty in your voice, the absolute confusion. You were flabbergasted yeah. in that moment. Yeah, well, you're as big a fan of the Portland Timbers as I am. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to watch the fucking game. So if we, if I would have known <laughs> that the season is what ten games in. Why are you a fan of Portland? They're just fucking champions. Absolute yeah. champions. Hey, they're, they're fans. Just, yeah. Hey, that Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. that fandom out there is wild. They oh, are yeah. a championship fan base over there. And I was a Seattle Sounders guy, but then the fucking way they let go of Clint, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm done. I'm going was, up to Portland. The Timbers crazy. are off to a slow start. They are in ninth, and they're going Oh, <laughs> out of nine teams, right? You weren't cheering for them. Yeah, now. exactly. You didn't so, even know that they started. So not, now the season begins. Boom. That was all pre-tie. That's right. B-tie. B-T. Mm-hmm. B-T. They are on a in ninth place in their division, B-T. Columbus yeah. in 12th after Jesus. a hot start. They lost to the Detroit due. minor league team. Yeah, Columbus thought we're due. Anyways, we're due. let's move on from soccer. And I want to let you know that was rude of you. <laughs> I didn't. What I, you did to MLS. Will you apologize, please, to the MLS, the I'm beautiful people? S- I'm sorry to everyone who works in or is employed by the MLS because I am a diehard fan. Okay, so I apologize. I'm sorry. Bullshit. Let's talk about the league that you yeah. try to bring up. The USFL did happen this weekend. Did they really? play games? Did you guys watch? Huh? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to see a whole lot. Tone? I, I thought it was only a one week season. Connor? I'm not watching that fucking Mickey Mouse game. Uh, uh, all right. We didn't just. There was a yes or no there. <laughs> so the answer is no. Did you? Did, I, I did not know it was on, no. Did you, Nick? I saw the kickoff of the Philadelphia Stars game, but then at the same time, the Pittsburgh Penguins absolutely so kicked a, the shit out of the Red Wings. So, so that's a yes, though. What he networks did, could I watch it? Well, Nick. FS1. FS1. Zito, did you watch? I did not. Voxy? No, Michigan lost again. I did see that. Gumpy? No. Okay, so our focus group says no one person. <laughs> no one person watched. There's also, I mean, you got NBA play. Like, there's so much shit going on right now. It's tough yeah, to. Well, you know, Friday night SmackDown too going yeah. on. Not even yeah. a thought too. Yeah, so like I, 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 I never even searched the game. They're dead, dude. They are so dead. I saw a Tia. But by the way, not happy about it. Okay. No, it stinks. I'd like there to be a league that is an opportunity for guys to put football on film so they can maybe get an opportunity with the NFL. With that being said, these seems impossible now. These spring leagues feel like it's going to be very difficult unless it is run very, very well with good players. I think Even if you do, how do you do it though? Yeah, we don't want to get into it, but yeah, how do you get people invested in the teams past the first week or two? It seems like it, it seems very difficult. So I know President Dwayne Johnson, whenever he bought the XFL, started negotiating with the NFL about experimenting with technology, right? Like, hey, we'll test out some of your technology. Unless there can be some bottom quarter of roster in the offseason of the NFL team sharing to a league, you know, like mm-hmm. not a feeder system, but once people 
people get into the league, the guys that everybody knows probably not going to make the teams, instead of having OTAs, right, have them play in like this league where people can maybe pluck out of before training camp. Now, coaches will hate this because the OTAs learning the system might be what makes a guy who's not that great of a player become an NFL player because he's going to get smarter. And I believe there's a very valid point for that. But the only way any of these leagues are going to work is if you get higher caliber players. Like that is just, that's going to that's gonna have to happen, right? And, and if not, it doesn't separate itself at all from any of the other options of football that aren't the NFL. College football, high school football, whatever people watch. I don't think it'll ever find enough of a, unless you can get higher quality football players, personally. That's what I think. Yeah, and you have to have some, some names in there, too, that people will know that they'll tune into it. And then once they get there, they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. I want to see it. The atmosphere, it's fun to watch. Like, you got to do something to kind of separate yourself. Bro, there's no fans in the stands either. And, yeah, that's um, the tough thing, yeah. I didn't turn I on – I saw that. Yeah. Week one, when they, whatever the second they – I'm like, man, there's nobody there. And I felt bad because I'm like, even if they're playing great football, it's hard to pay attention. Anyone tuning in is going to be like, what is this? Yeah, because you can even – they didn't even pump in fake – yeah. I don't even think yeah. they're pumping in fake sound. Bring the COVID uh, cutouts back, maybe. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tonight's Nobody attendance. You can pay for one. Tonight's attendance, 27 beautiful people from Birmingham, Alabama, and 15,000 cardboard cutouts <laughs> yeah. of chicken salad eaters from around the entire country. Remember when they announced how many cardboard cutouts were at the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. That was sweet. Did 30, they really? Yeah, they're like, uh, mm-hmm. I, forget, I think it was like 20 some thousand first line and mm-hmm. uh, respond, first responders mm-hmm. and everything. Frontline first responders. And then also uh, 30,000 cardboard cutouts or something like that. And it was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for, is that, is that a Guinness World Record? Most cardboard cutouts in, a, in an area, Might I would be. assume, other than a warehouse. I wish I owned, I wish I owned the, all the kinkos around that place that was printing those out. Yeah, kinkos probably had a great COVID oh, yeah. run. They raked in cash. Oh my god! So did the plexiglass people. Oh yeah, uh, plexiglass people were putting themselves in cages. Basically, sex dolls yeah. in Korea was it? The Korean baseball league? They filled those up the stands with those things. Oh yeah, the sex dolls you're mm-hmm. talking about. But Trent yeah. Dilfer fixed COVID, didn't he? Well, he had that spray. Yeah, spray. Yeah. spray. That was that not work. No, Mel had different Mel. Merrill Hodge, I thought. Oh, uh, Hodge, had, Hodge was doing math. Yeah. Mel was doing draft stuff. Uh-huh. Trent Dilfer had to spray. He had to spray. That's right. He had to spray that, you know, we have a spray here. <laughs> it just kills COVID. It eliminates spray COVID. In there. The Broncos had that uh, little thing. The car wash machine oh, yeah. you could walk through. Yeah. For Man, one day. Those yep. days were awesome. Well, it turns out the science actually said that that shower was potentially spreading more COVID than washing it away <laughs> because it was splattering off of people onto others. And COVID does like a good shower That's or something. Right. <laughs> Dude, all the shit, man. It's going to be tough to tell people that didn't experience COVID about all the dumb shit that mm. happened during COVID. Yeah. It was to save our lives. You would never fucking get it. You weren't yeah. you weren't able to pick up cardboard boxes not for a week nope. not for a week. We should order a history book in September just to see what the updated version says about it. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah because there's going to be like definitions and shit of the COVID nineteen entire. Well, and Joe Exotic better at least get a page or two. Yes, Absolutely. Should. And then also uh, the Last Dance needs to get a, yep. a page uh-huh. or two. Mm-hmm. They were swearing on ESPN. They were saying fuck all over the place. They were. Right. <laughs> Speaking of saying fuck all over the place, that's what this guy does with his. <laughs> friends whenever I put in a super boost mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen a very intelligent Irishman a very charming Irishman but literally every day of our lives we are trying to beat 
this man for all of the money. Oh, yeah. Head odds maker at FanDuel, the sports bookie book of FanDuel sports book, John Sheeran. Yay! Yay! What's going on, John? Not a lot, Pat. That's certainly a big introduction, so I appreciate all, all the support. It's, uh, uh, it's exciting, for sure. Well, personally, I think you're a good guy. Professionally, though, I want you to lose terribly every single day. So it's, I am kind of torn, and every time I see you talk on Hammer, Dad! you do fantastically, and you're rather transparent, which I don't think a lot of people are used to, especially when it comes to sports books, because it is, hey, you versus us. Ultimately, it's supposed to be gaming. It's in the gaming world. You're supposed to be playing against each other. So naturally, you're enemy, but good dude, so... We're, we're excited to talk, you know, talk to you right now. Thank you for joining us, John. Yeah, happy to be here, Pat. Look, historically, it's been an adversarial relationship, like you said. <laughs> it's us against you. And I think Tone had a lot of doubts about me being transparent. He was like, I don't know whether to trust what you're telling me or doubt it. But it's good that I finally outgrown that show because uh, and this is the big time for sure. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Listen, Hammer Dan did not deserve you that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's no, sure no, sounds sorry, like, it's yeah. right. It's true. Yeah, no, no. I'm sure they. Hey, you, you, so you still go on Hammer Don, or no? You still won't. You won't go on Hammer Don anymore. You graduated, or what? I think I've graduated five after today for sure. He Tone reached out to me a few months ago. He's like, we we should do a, uh, a section every week, and I was like, I'm more than happy to. And then I never heard from. Well, him football since. Football Ew. season ended. Football season ended. It was football. It was football. Yeah, it was yeah. Football. Anyways, they're, and they're also beating the dog shit out of you, I think, in the first half of MLB baseball, and they're enjoying all that. So they might not want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, your conversations with them have been so electrifying, which is why I'm excited to chat with you. Who do you know, what do you know about the first overall pick in the draft? Because this was startling numbers. We saw this literally as we woke up this morning on, on Friday – Okay, Aiden Hutchinson, minus 175 to go number one overall, has been the favorite to go number one overall by everybody since this entire draft season has begun. Minus 175, pretty good favorite, by the way. That's pretty good, feel pretty good about it. Trevon Walker, plus 165. Now we wake up this morning, Trevon Walker, minus 155 to go number one overall. Aiden Hutchinson now plus money to go number one overall. What the hell happened? Who do you know? And how is this information figured out and calculated in your end of this entire world? So just to the last point first, right, the hardest thing for us is to form a really strong opinion, have a lot of confidence in the market and the price that we offer on any of these selections. Um, the limits are reasonably low. Our confidence is equally low when it comes to being certain around what these positions will do and where certain teams will look to, Pat. So when we uh, initially launched this, this market back in March and added Trayvon Walker, he was 30 to 1 to be the number one pick in the draft this year. As you said, Hutchison's been a strong favorite since then. Uh, but overnight, we saw a real rush of really what I would say is respected money for uh, Trayvon Walker. And normally with these markets, when you see a rush of money like this, it tends to tell a bigger story than even the bets themselves. So I would pay a lot of respect to the idea that Trayvon Walker will be the first pick on Thursday. Who's respected money? I'm sorry, AJ was about to go there. Respected money is just because uh, they talk about sharks or sharps. I'm sorry. And in your eyes, you guys know who the sharps are. You have to know who the sharps are. It's like, ah, oh, these motherfuckers seem to know something more than anybody else. And you're watching, watching. And it's like, at what point do you have to balance that reaction to them? Is that always? Yeah, I think it's about knowing how strong your opinion is and how valid it is, Pat. In an NFL week, as I said to Tone on that secondary show that you have, uh, all season, all season this long, 
uh, <laughs> all season long, you know, we're happy to stand up against the Sharps where we feel like we have an advantage, where we feel like we have a strong opinion and understand where they're coming from. The draft and the number one pick and what certain teams will do in certain spots is certainly not one of those positions. So, like I said, we'll pay more attention to the money that we see, the information that we garner from those bets when they come in. And to answer your question, who the Sharps are, these are accounts that historically have proven over time that they're able to beat us and win money off us. And that's effectively this type of money that we saw for Trayvon Walker last night. Oh. So, obviously, you have a very important position there Congrats, at FanDuel and what you're doing. Like, How do they safeguard against someone trying to come, trying to corrupt you? Like, come in there and try to blackmail you, try to do anything to change all these lines? Because we know we, how much money is at stake here with especially what you're doing do you just the cia you taking lie detector tests every month like what's going on well especially with some of those juicy i mean some of the shit you've been giving out john yeah i mean i thought it was a job proposition from aj first and uh, we can talk about that offline aj maybe that's the right way to tackle it we'll do Look, uh, look, it's 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 important, right? Integrity is important to all of us. We have regulators that monitor this. We monitor ourselves from a financial perspective. But I guess what I'm saying in a roundabout way is, uh, for the price, I'm interested in anything you have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing this? How long have you been in the odds-making game? Because it's not easy. Obviously, we... we uh, I don't speak to. We all from certain areas had friends who ran books or somebody else that ran books. We've basically all known somebody to do it, but do it at the level that you have to do it right now. Biggest book in the world, I believe. Fandle Sports, oh, yeah. biggest book in the world. You're the head odds maker. How long have you been doing this? And what is, how many of yous are there out there, you think? Like, do you have respect for other odds makers? Do you watch what some other people do and you're like, uh, maybe we should do that? Is there only a few of yous you think out there? Yeah, look, I'm lucky. It's uh, it's obviously a good position to be in with a brand like FanDuel to be able to express the opinions that we have and not get heat every week when we lose money. So how long have I been doing it? I don't know, Pat, far too long. Longer than my Twitter handle will indicate how old I am, but uh, probably 15 to 20 years uh, doing this overall. Um, and in terms of respect, yeah, we got a ton of respect for a lot of operators out there. A lot of the books that take opinion of four markets uh, certainly a lot of respect for what they do. We pay attention to what they do as well to help inform the decisions that we make. Who sets the tone, you think, the most? Do you feel like you're a part of that? Cause, or does everybody else kind of, is it different? Like, do some bookmakers have a better read on baseball? Mm-hmm. And oh, they better read on football at this department. Like, do you guys, do you think that's all kind of mutually understood amongst each other? Or is everybody trying to create their own line and they all just so happen to be pretty similar? A uh, really good question. Like, I think we try to lead when it comes to odds making and want to back our own opinions. We want to build a team here across all of the core U.S. sports path that have a strong opinion, a valid one. And we want people in Vegas to look at what FanDuel are doing rather than the other way around. And that's what we started to do a good job with, I think, in football, the NFL and college and basketball, too. We've got a bit of work to do to catch up on the other two core sports, but certainly encouraged. And that's certainly the end, the end goal. So if you know anyone that's interested... I'd uh, be sure to send them my way. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, by the way, we we don't know anybody as of right now, but no. the Hammer Don boys have been beating your guys' ass pretty good. Do you like? Do you keep track of that? You have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guys are doing an awesome job. The amount of people that reach out to me and say like, "What a great job, Tone and Gumpino do, and oh, all the boys." Man. Yeah. Is it too late? Too late to go back now? Yeah. 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 To say sorry? <laughs> yeah. Bieber's just in town. He's on tour. Get tickets yeah. where it is. But I do believe it's too late to say sorry. The first five in MLB that the boys are hitting on 
Is that that first half thing, I think, is what it's mm-hmm. called, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you monitor, like, hey, we're making good money oh, off yeah. of those. Those are a great bet. Is there bets on there that you get very worried about? Like, oh, these are tough to, to really set up, tough to do, because FanDuel has so many fucking bets. I don't know how you guys, you know, can stay on top of all of them, John. That's 100% right, Pat. We can't. Like, there's a lot of opportunity there if you're selective, disciplined enough to pick out an edge that you might have and pound us on it. And I think the guys have done a good job with the first five. We have a new baseball model, so we're still learning how it works. Uh, um, and the next time we're looking for a head MLB trader, I know where to go. Uh, Gumpy, what do you got for John Sheeran? Anything sweet? Yeah, John, is there, can we get some more uh, footy super boosts on there? Some of the ones are just a uh, little <laughs> little bit outrageous. Maybe get some some nice ones on there, huh? Yeah, 100%. You guys control those, so whatever you want, just shout, and we'll be happy to facilitate. <laughs> Smart. Well, that's great news. Smart. That's very good news. Um, did you guys lose your ass on Tyson Fury knocking out Dillian White? Because I enjoyed that so much specifically because he came on the show he's obviously incredibly entertaining and awesome and he talked about his dream outcome right would be and he with his i'd knock him out and before he even hits the ground i leave i'm at the bar as they're announcing that i'm the winner and at that point we're like okay so he is trying to knock this dude out for sure you boosted that thing for us from minus 135 to plus 110 and I'm not saying that it felt like a lot of people took this bet, but Tyson Fury is very popular. And if any of the betting trends that you guys have shared with us uh, rang true for this particular fight, feels like this fight probably killed you guys a bit. Is that accurate? And what are the things that normally take you guys down? When a super favorite or a super popular does well, you guys just get fucking killed? Yeah, anything that Pat McAfee puts up that wins usually kills us. So this one certainly fit into that criteria. Honestly, though, like... He's, a, he's an easy guy to root for, right? So I think everybody was motivated to get in behind him. And honestly, I think that bit of insight you got from him directly in that interview around his motivation to knock him out, I think that's insight that we could never be aware of. So I actually think that you got a bit of value in the right price, and then we boosted it even further. So all in all, it was a pretty good steal, a, a good interview. Like I said, everybody easy, is easy to roll in behind Fury. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty expensive one and made for a bit of a headache for me on Saturday evening. So I appreciate that. Hey, sorry about you not being able to sleep. Sorry about it. I slept soundly. Oh, yeah. I slept very not as good as Dylan White. Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, John, as far as the NFL draft goes Thursday night, as far as handle and the amount of bets that will come in through FanDuel, how, like, is it typical to like an NFL playoff, to NBA finals? What's the handle like for the NFL draft uh, and how has it changed over the years? Yeah, it's certainly getting bigger, Tone. What I would say is that the regulators are getting a little bit more comfortable allowing us to do more with the product. So we will, in New Jersey, for example, trade it live as the event is going on, but be three picks behind. So after the first pick, you can wager on the fifth pick and so on and so forth. So I think over time you'll see an evolution in how the product appears. We actually have like a version of Same Game Parlay where you, where you can parlay uh, three players to get picked in the top five and it'll uh, calculate that on the website as well so i think some good innovation some good focus but a key event for us particularly now we're getting to that stage in the season where everyone's baying for football to come back this is a good 
uh, stop in the calendar and excited to see what it does this year. Can you explain to regulators a little bit? Because we obviously catch heat whenever we promote something and it can't be in some state. And I couldn't even imagine the amount of shit the FanDuel gets. You as a whole, you got to stay away from it. But there's regulators in every single state and they're not the same. It is not uniform. It is not universal. Some places won't allow some boosts. Some places won't allow like player-specific boosts or whatever. Do you feel like as a whole it's getting easier to work with everybody? And how long do you think it is until the entire country is on board, even though that's probably way over your your pay grade, if I had to guess. Thanks, Posh. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, you're not a lobbyist. Uh, you're not a lobbyist, are you? I yeah, think, no. Yeah. Like, they I try to get me to do everything, including this show. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> everything is in the realms of possibility. Um, look, you're right. It, it's really complex. It's difficult, difficult and different in every single state. Uh, we expect to be in probably 49 of the 50 states, Utah being the one that is going to be a challenge over the next decade or so. I think all of the regulators are at different stages in their comf- comfort levels when it comes to sports betting. Uh, so it's just something that we continue to work closely with them. They've had a tough remit. They get handed down legislation and have to rule over it. But overall, I think people are all rowing in the same direction. Pat, and it's certainly getting better, but our footprint getting bigger causes more complex issues around what we can offer in certain states. But like I said, that's a certainly a work in progress yeah I, I just assumed you weren't out there being the lobbyist in all these states like ohio has to agree on it has to let it be out before january 2023 or whatever mm-hmm. so everybody's assuming like by football season ohio would be off there but from what i've been told it's like it's not as easy as that like there is especially politics there's a bunch of politics involved basically everywhere and that's kind of where the regulators come in too because they're appointed by the politicians so it's like uh it's an interesting world right now we're kind of blazing a trail it feels like and you're a main part of that should feel good John, hey, yeah. you're good. Look at you. Look at you. I, I appreciate the props. A bit like my um, headshot on your tweet earlier, Pat. They don't really like to send me public facing very often. I think I have a bit of a faith. A face for radio is what I was told a long time ago, and I, I fully bought in behind that. Well, we just wanted people to fully understand who we were talking to. We are talking mm-hmm. to the sports ball. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is literally who we're talking to. So, no offense to you. I mean, although it was a very vanilla cast today. Yeah, sure. Right. That would have been, you know what I mean? What we did think about was... <laughs> Hey, this is who we're talking to. We are talking to the sports book. So Makes it up. I hope you didn't take any offense to that. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, John, do you have a group chat with all the other uh, odds makers? And do you guys ever set lines that are just so wrong that you all feel like absolute clowns? And so you have to kind of lean on each other a little? Like, for yes. instance, when the Brooklyn Nets came out as favorites to win the series against the Celtics, and then it immediately got flipped. <laughs> were you guys all just like, wow, we were a bunch of stooges? Or you just kind of realized that, you know, you guys were all wrong? Uh, that happens all the time. When you mentioned the WhatsApp group, I thought initially you were going to ask for an invite into it. You're more than welcome to join. I think it would be pretty insightful to have you, some of you guys in there. Um, but, yeah, we, we get this. I was going to say we get this shit all wrong all the time. It's you know really difficult. We Like you, like Pat said earlier, we have to price so many markets over so many different sports with the same people. You know, we make plenty of mistakes for sure, but it's about learning from them and not repeating them as we move forward, I think. Did you say shit earlier? I think I might have. Don't wow. say that on the show. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Got, I'm going to get relegated back to Hammer Dance. 
Uh, once again, hammered down. Jesus. John, Tone mentioned that you guys have a lot of markets for, you know, teams and like position specific where are you where guys are gonna go. Have you seen a lot of bets come in on that? And where do you have the most liability where, you know, like if a, outside of a quarterback getting picked by like the Packers in the first round? Yeah, good question. We have a lot of markets, particularly for the teams that are local to the areas that we're in, so I'll give you one bit of insight. The Jets at pick 10 is something we're pretty interested in a wide receiver, potentially somebody like J- Jamison Williams to go there. That's one that we're trying to keep a little bit on side and uh, not trying to attract too much money on that. That's, That's obviously... Hey, good spotlight. Uh, good spotlight on that. There <laughs> we go. James uh, Williams to the Jets. I, 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 I didn't say that. Uh, Thibodeau to go number two is certainly something that we've picked up a lot of uh, heat on. I think obviously massively dependent on what happens with the first pick in Jacksonville, but uh, that's one that's certainly caught a lot of uh, a lot of money. That's one of the biggest liabilities we have over the, the, the three days. Hey, li- listen, the people that maybe hadn't heard you on the great show that is Hammered Down, <laughs> you normally don't lie about this type of shit either because the natural thought here is, oh, he's telling us that to bamboozle us. Yeah, right. Really but he's not. This guy, he's not at all. He's told the truth on Hammered Down numerous times, much like at a high cost against FanDuel. Oh, yeah. He's Irish. He's too nice, this guy. You could, ask him, you could ask him tonight who he likes in the NBA for the playoffs, and he'll tell you exactly what side the book likes tonight. Yeah, who, who is the book very excited about this evening in this uh, NBA playoffs? Like, who can't win in your eyes? Um, I don't know that we have a strong opinion at all. Like, I think this is probably a game. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a strong opinion tonight at all, to be honest. I think Dallas have done a really good job on Utah. Three is about right. Obviously, Luca coming back last week, or last night with the performance that he did, I think is is strong, and and that's probably our favorite of the three. But not a strong, not a night for a strong opinion. So I'm not going down on that ship on the big show today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I respect it, and I also like the fact that if you're just listening, you don't get to see him. He is clicking on things, and he's literally just pulling up entire markets yeah. right behind the screen right now. It is awesome to watch. Go ahead, Foxy. Yeah, John. That's why I wanted to ask you, what's the biggest sucker bet going right now? Because I've been taking these method of first basket. My money's gone at this point. Am I just an absolute sucker for that? Dude, plus 7,000. How do you not take it? I have to. have to. How do you not? The, the only thing I would say to that, Foxy, is you don't need any help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you, you, found, you found it on your own. Honestly, markets like that, we've got so much over around in our favor. It's really, really difficult to even think about winning money over time. It's just a big, big challenge. <laughs> hey what's the hardest sport to handicap for you uh, i think for us uh baseball or hockey aj it's just one that we don't have the experience that we do for the other ones nba and nfl part of the reason we feel so good about the product is we've been looking at it and trading it pricing it for almost 20 years for the other brands internationally it was super important to our brands in australia so we feel like we got a big jump on the industry with those two in particular uh, so the other two are ones that we're kind of learning, h- hiring a lot of local expertise. The trading team is built out to about 50 individuals here, and some of the guys are super smart. 
super enthusiastic and have really good opinions and that's what we want to encourage over time i guess yeah what nick gives out 45 hockey picks a night or whatever yeah right? uh-huh. nick, i'm trying i'm coming for you johnny yeah nick knows it's a weakness over there we've been winning i yeah. think a pretty yeah, good there you go yeah, they don't know shit over there about yeah, you guys don't know shit <laughs> Pens about are vegas Pens dave are winning the cup they know that vegas dave obviously he gives out locks as well yeah. i mean that's that's obviously something gumpy has last question for you here john we appreciate your time john we've talked about this a few times how much money are you guys about to take in if the Nets got, get knocked out tonight with the futures bets? Uh, yeah, we were pretty aggressive with the Nets with the mess this season between Harden and Kyrie. And uh, obviously Durant failing a little bit or maybe a lot in the series is a big challenge. And every, Everybody still is willing to support him. He's such an incredible talent that it's not uh, well. unusual to see that. And we've been raking in the cash uh, as he's failed badly and, and Jason Tatum has taken over. Yes, awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, all yeah. right, John, we appreciate you. Congrats on your success. Okay, Thank congr- you, Pat. Congrats. I, I mean, it's fucking over literally everybody yeah, else. Well, but congrats on your success, John. We appreciate you. You do a great job, man. You're an incredibly cool. Thank you for coming on our show, uh, making time to come on our show, as well as Hammer Don. Another great show, John. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Tony, when Pat's finished me, I'm happy to come back anytime. (laughs) John Sheeran, ladies and gentlemen. Today's show is presented by Cash App. That's right. Cash App is the best finance app on the planet. It's the easiest way to send money to your buddies or to people that you might owe money to. Oh, bookies. Illegal. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. What? Yeah, Etsy. I mean, there's yeah, just yeah. Oh, we're talking about right. purchasing things. Okay. Etsy is. Jeez, nice. Louise. Etsy is incredible. They got everything. They do. Not as much as like Amazon. Amazon but literally has everything. Has everything. Mm-hmm. They He's actually have like everything. handmade products. Yeah, but anyways, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> handmade specialty stuff. Woodwork. Sure. Yeah, unique stuff. Yeah. yeah. Woodwork. I'm not even sure if you're allowed to use Cash App on there, but if you are, you should. If you, you know, know the guy. Yeah, you might. or lady. Yeah, yeah. or lady. Sometimes people have them as like, hey, you can Cash App me. Here's my code. Yeah, bingo. Shout mm-hmm. out. Cash App is the easiest and best way to easiest do it. Easiest way to do it. Yeah. And you can buy and sell stocks and Bitcoin on there. Wow. Really? Bitcoin? With as little as $1. Yeah, just a piece of a stock or a piece of Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. One, one trillionth of a Bitcoin? That's what you can do. And keep an eye out for Big Winner Wednesdays uh, because Shout that's out. when we announce alongside Cash App all our winners from the previous week's giveaways. Big Winner Wednesday. Everybody look forward to it. Brought oh, yeah. to you by Cash App. And if you aren't on Cash App yet, go ahead and log on to be a part of any of our contests. You have to be. And use code McAfee to get a free $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code M-C-A-F-E-E for a free $15. Terms apply, though. Of okay. course. All right. Terms apply. Shots cash up. We do appreciate them. They've made our life a lot easier with the giveaways. And by ours, I mean like, you know, CFO Phil and them. Right. Who have to kind of figure it out behind the scenes. Shout out to them. We have updated video of Russell Wilson playing football for the Denver Broncos. Oh, oh my God. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's Holy fucking ride, shit. dude. Russell Wilson was at the Nuggets game. You know, hanging out with Sierra, getting cheered on by the entire Denver community. That city is supposed to be absolutely beautiful. And look who they got at the trigger, man. Has anybody ever looked better in a Denver Broncos uniform than Russell Wilson right now? The fan base has to be running wild over there in the Mile High City, A.J. Hawk. He looks good. Did Russell always wear his pants even when they're not wearing full pads? I would assume it's a photo shoot day. Yeah, come on. It's the first day of... 
whatever. I don't think it's photo shoot day. He's probably getting some photos. They're probably getting yeah. some marketing stuff done. Run that yeah. back. To AJ's point, I assume he is the only guy with full gear some on. Some guys do that, though. There's always a couple guys that like to wear their pants. It's a, he's excited to play for a new team. Give him a break. It's a name tag or an ad on that. Yeah, team. it's a practice jersey, I guess. Practice There's no name. It, it doesn't say his name on the back. No, I thought That's they not. were wearing the Super Bowl patches for the whole preseason to set the mood. <laughs> <laughs> he did get a haircut yesterday because he did a Q and A on his Instagram. I saw. So. Uh, okay, shot <laughs> for the photo shoot or just for life? I'm assuming for the photo shoot, or maybe for this OTAs. Really? I used to wear um, I used to wear my uh, football pants underneath, no matter what we were wearing. Why? Because they're tighter. They're uncomfortable. So on the punt, I try to loosen those things up. Get used to okay. it. Give me the game day ones, too. I want these things as loose as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We wore white Spanx, too. You know what I mean? I mean, we wore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were very tight. Needed those to move. <laughs> a couple, couple of Thanksgivings really did me in there for you know, weeks, <laughs> weeks 13 through 15. It was an uncomfortable sight. Uh, there's some more clips coming out of practice of the Denver Broncos. Fago! He's got eye black on. Oh, wow. holy shit. First of all, Hackett, perfect form taking that rock. Yeah, he played running okay. back? Had to. Listen, that's Russell Wilson handing off the trust to his new head coach. Hey, this is me trusting you, pal. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. With the it's eye black. beautiful out there. The eye black is a great touch. Denver's very sunny. Denver is, from all accounts, a fucking legendary city, like a champion city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, closer Chompy. to the sun, too. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get as cold as everybody thinks. I guess it doesn't get too warm. Good cabarets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, hey, Goopy, Goopy, what's the story of their uh, about their airport? Never, never dove in that deep into that one, AJ. Uh, If you get a chance, though, watch the uh, Girls Gone Wild doc that was on TNT on Saturday. It was wild. Hey, there was a time when GG Dub kind of ran a lot of the infomercials that were being paid for at all times on TV. Mm. Girls Gone Wild was when I was in high school, right? I think I was in high school. Yeah, and younger. In eighth grade, seventh grade, you think? for sure, because yeah, commercials would come on after Howard Stern. Bingo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that guy still around? Joe Francis. Francis? He is. I don't. I don't want to ruin the doc for you if you're going to watch it. Spoiler: He's in jail forever. No, he is. uh, He's down in Mexico, and they can't uh, send him back to the U.S. No extradition. Yeah, he can't. Whoa! He had that house. I remember he did like a Cribs episode. Where his house was insanely nice. He's also friends, I think, with the... Uh, Kardashians. The, oh, okay, yeah. Mario Lopez, very close with as well. Okay. Mario Lopez. What? Yeah, people... Casey people, Slater? Jesus. People aren't happy with Is Mario it similar Lopez. to the docs they put out before or different? No, it's How more many docs have you watched? Life. Girls Go Wild, probably like five or seven, 12-ish. Not the ones he made. The docs follow. Oh, like. zero. <laughs> okay. We get it. <laughs> we get what you're saying, Tom. Mm-hmm. That had a run there, though, and then oh, it, all, yeah. it all ended pretty bad. It seemed like that was uh, yeah, taking time, an aggressive uh, business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. TNT aggressive. is doing a run of documentaries on Saturday night. There's one about uh, the media against Wu-Tang Clan coming up as well. Okay. I'm excited for that. Is meth yeah. in that thing or not? I didn't see him in there. I just saw a quick preview. If he's speaking, it's going to be entertaining. That is Martin just... Screlly in it? Maybe. Marty? What did he do to Wu-Tang? He, uh, he lost that record, by the way. Oh, no. That was like the the most expensive Wu Tang Clan. He bought it. The record. It was like no one's ever listened to it. The vinyl. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He's the kid who drove the price up. Yeah, yeah. I remember. He a big time ass. I think that was taken away from him. Whew. Sorry, Marty. So people, I'm going back to that Elon Musk thing. People are so mad. I mean, like people. Yeah. Are oh yeah. Pissed. Yeah. What does this people. surprise you all the time? Just because I don't understand. Who cares? Who cares? Yes. Anytime yeah. there's a people change, seem people to care. are going to It's not going to change their lives. No matter what. 
Yeah, but people get so mad about everything. Because they get mad about... I wish I was better at that. Like, wanting to care about everything. As I think you're all right. No, but everybody's such better people than me, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes you a better person. <laughs> well, yeah. Duh. To get To just have... Just outrage over random things that don't affect your life, which they'll say, oh, this absolutely will affect your life. I get to have a lot of random conversations with these SmackDowns, you know what I mean, with people around, just like quick conversations about there's people in the back, get to meet a lot of people that listen to the show, watch the show, and then like some people I just kind of briefly run into and have a conversation with, and they're pissed off about something, and in my immediate head, I'm like, you are such a better person than I am. Like, who gives a fuck about whatever? That is a real thing. That is a legitimate thing. But I have no idea how you're going to change it with me right now in this elevator as we're going down. <laughs> you know, for I, I appreciate the fact that you think the more you say it, like it's going to change, like I do. But goddamn, I don't know if I'm the right one. I don't know enough about it to get in there. But there is people that think I think that they think they're going to change the world. Yeah, they just got to tell everyone and continue to repeat themselves. So they're better people than you and I are. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Absolutely. Okay, good. So I was right about it. They yep. are all better people than me. Yep. That's what makes you a better person. They're much better than us. They're definitely better than you. Yeah. I mean, a bag of poop is better than me, so I'm not worried Jeez, about those people. You no, you're that? not. You contribute a lot more to society than any bag of poop ever has. I don't know about that, because if it decomposes and a fire grows in it, then what? True. That's a really good point. Mm. That's a good point. What if it's nah, left on Johnny Depp's you, bed? You are a flower, if Connor. You're a good guy, on, dude. Yeah, you are a good guy. Yeah. If it's left on Johnny Depp's bed, then it's kind of serving a purpose. It, you can get a new comforter. And it's well, also they, content. They blurred out the turd. I wonder how big it was. I know she tried to blame it on the dog at first. Yeah, and then, he, you know, the four pond. Uh, yeah, yeah. He gave the height. He gave the billing of the dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as everybody was staring at the By way. Johnny, Johnny's working the cameras in the corner. Right? Oh, yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is she, though. There's yeah. been a couple oh, clips no, of her. She's been caught panicking pretty she's good with her Johnny lawyer. Is, Johnny's good. Working. There's a couple clips of her, though, laughing with her lawyer and then immediately... Right back to a very sad, upset face. And scene. And scene. Yeah. yeah. She's a great actress. I oh, saw her copying the, her, um, she was rocking his outfits. Yeah. He she would like, wear something yeah. and she would wear something very similar, if not identical, the next day. Yeah. 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 Good mind. Why? A lot of mind, mind games. games. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them are just going back. What if forth. they get back together? That'd be they probably, should. They probably might have to. What is wrong? What is going on? <laughs> what if they get remarried? No, no. If sick. they get back together, this the only way this ends is like her cutting Johnny Depp's penis off with like some garden shears or yeah. something. He needs to make sure he does not oh. get back together with her. I agree. It's a toxic relationship, it sounds like. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she going to poop next? Just a little bit. Well, hey, poopy sticks. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, poop sticks. <laughs> That's an inside joke. We will get out of here. <laughs> All right, AJ. Thank you for today, man. You crushed it today. Yeah, thank you. How about Kevin O'Connell being much cooler than any of yeah, us? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Hammer the Viking. Ian Rapport mm. seems to be dialed in right now. He has a really good setup yes, does. in Vegas. we just seen it on NFL Network. Mm-hmm. He looks awesome. He's yeah. already. Oh, I guess, yeah, I saw him tweet. He's already there. He's going to be there all week. His wife. True. <laughs> she has to. She hates that guy. Angel. I, I think about my wife and how bad she has to hate me, you know, because I'm like on my phone or whatever. Rappaport is lit, like while he's talking to us, he has three things going on mm-hmm. in the background. <laughs> like I wonder. I guess that's why the Harry Potter thing and the Pez dispenser yeah. thing. Yeah. But he's very good at what he does, and we appreciate him. And even when he's there, you know, he's still on his phone. Like, hey, Jude, shut the fuck up. I got to break this, okay? Stop. I took you to the goddamn museum. Just go look at shit. Did you see Harry Potter? Did you take yeah. a picture? Go grab a Pez dispenser. It tastes terrible, but you're going to love it because it's your dad's favorite. Yeah. Now get the hell out of here. And tell your mom 
I need to smoke some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need some more ribs. I want fucking Stat. ribs for dinner. All right? What a life. We appreciate Ian's dedication to the entire family. I appreciate mm-hmm. everybody, significant others, for putting up with what we do for a living, to be honest with you. Uh, this Draft Spectacular Week will roll on manana. Yes. Big thanks. I mean, I, I almost called him Ed Sheeran, but. Yeah, his, his brother. Johnny Books. John Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Johnny Books. Head odds maker for FanDuel. That was a good convo, AJ. Felt mm-hmm. good about that one. We really, I feel like we won at him a little bit. He, I mean, first off, he's awesome. I, I know. I, was he at the Super Bowl? Uh, yes, he was on. He was uh, on Hammer Down, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. I saw him. I, I remember someone telling me, "Oh, hey, that's the he does all he does everything for FanDuel, basically." So I saw him there. I know how much you guys liked him. Yeah, Can he I said see? his headphones didn't fit because AJ was wearing yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. that was a good. Quote. Remember that. Were we gone for that? I, I think we were gone for that. that. I think that was on it was uh, Friday. Friday, yeah. So oh, we yeah, were in yeah. the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before the bullpen. Whew. Radio Row is a good time. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We'll look back at Radio Row in the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. To kick off the draft spectacular. Before we look at the next generation, let's take a peek at the generation that just won it all. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. That's what we'll do to kick off the draft yes. spectacular. Ain't that right, AJ? I mean, I think you just produced the show. Well, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Good luck with your workout this afternoon. Thank you. I'm a box. I've decided I'm a box. Okay. Probably two, three people. What? Be all yoked up, maybe get in a sauna so I can sweat out some more fat. There you go. Work your way in. From the Guy Fieri garage of oh, oil. Of dumps. Three's a lot. What's that, pal? Three's a challenge. Are you still fighting people in there? Nah, it's nice out, so I've been going for runs. Oh, you've been yeah. actually working out, yeah, you yeah. said. That's fucked up. Hey, Tyson Fury, fucking hey. What, was that the cleanest uppercut of all time? He's I, awesome. That thing landed so flat. That looked like it had to hurt so bad. Yeah. Whenever they showed the replay, as it quickly happened, boom, 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 this thing's mm-hmm. over. Holy hell, Tyson Fury, thank you for hitting that. That seemed to be the most obvious super boost in the history of super boost, especially after seeing the weigh-ins and the stare-downs and how everything was going. And as soon as that first round started, it was like, okay, Tyson's going to kill this guy. But that uppercut, he said he was just throwing those jabs just to try to loosen the guy up a little bit. And they did for five rounds, he's just loosening this guy up. And then as soon as perfect punch, they were calling it. A perfect punch to end his boxing career, although he called out Francis Ngannou afterwards. Mm. I can't wait to see the two heavyweight champs battle it out, how they choose to do so. Tyson's going to have quite a size advantage if they're just standing up and punching with uh, out boxing gloves. They're putting on UFC gloves, but I won't put anything past Francis. I love that. I enjoyed the timing in which it was at. I think it was at like 5 o'clock, 5.15. I enjoyed the long-ass entrance from Tyson. Hated Dylan's long interest. No offense. Uh, he just didn't invest as much into it as Tyson Fury. How about him being from London, getting booed in his own time? Yeah, yeah, and then the Gypsy King comes out, and they got a fucking throne up there for him. What a moment. What a scene. I'm happy for Tyson, AJ. Yeah, I just wish he would have more fights. I, I know he says he's done boxing, but I, I would hope that someone throws $100 million at him to box somebody. Well, I guess his wife uh, said that she could see him coming back for the Yusik Joshua is that a fight that's happening? Hmm. Anthony, Anthony Joshua? Joshua? I don't know if he's fought him yet. That was supposed to be What's like What's the U- USYK? That's somebody as well? Yes, first, yes. Alexander Usyk. Is fighting Anthony Joshua? Yeah. Boom. So his wife came out, I think, and said, maybe that, I don't know if it was her. It was from a tweet that said it was from her, so it might not be real. It might just be people hoping to put it in there. But I guess that winner would be a big-time fight for Tyson, another massive fight if it was presented to him. His wife did say that, okay. And if not him, Drew McIntyre. He also put him on the... uh 
You're right, SummerSlam. On the stove. Yeah. 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 Where's Butch? Well, that is something that is, Where is Butch? alarming to all of us. I don't know where that little fucker is. Dude. He's scared. <laughs> probably in the. I was listening to the police reports, just oh, trying to see if I could hear him. But probably in the vents. I haven't heard anything about him. I don't know, dude. He allegedly Luka he was Donkic? Well, absolute was maniac. That was Coachella there. That was Coachella there, and <laughs> That's Butch was. they're just get, they're just telling people at Coachella maybe keep an eye out okay. if you see Butch on the loose. Fucking return him kindly to his rightful owners, yeah. Seamus and Ridge Holland. Seamus has his cap, doesn't he? What's that, pal? I thought Seamus had his cap. Yeah, I believe Mate left his cap, but you know he he has enough kangles that he puts another one right back He's on top. He's a fucking menace. Hey, Butch is a wild man. Yeah, yeah rabid dog. He is a rabid dog, isn't he? Old Butch. That's Butch, AJ. Yeah, was, was Butch somebody else? <laughs> what? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> He's always been Butch, dude. Is this a is this a Ezekiel situation? No, no. What are you talking about? This like, is, is this the younger brother? Oh, no. dude. What are you oh. talking about? Same guy, just in a different group of friends. He was Chiampa. referred to Chiampa, right? Isn't that his name? Oh, Chiampa. Chiampa. You son of a bitch. The Jack. The the Jack Goopy. Is that who? It yeah. Tommaso Gump. He's on raw. I mean, how the hell are you supposed to keep all this stuff straight? Open your eyes. Watch the product. Follow the product, dude. Chomp it's so butts. hard. All right, there's 700 programs running at all times. How can I No. <laughs> Anyways, he was referred so to. right. No. No, you're not. No, Chompa. No, 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 it's not. It's not. No. Chompa, dude. So at certain times during his NXT run, Butch was called Pete Dunn, which is his birth name. Right. Yes. Oh, yes. With the Eastie Boys, the crew that he's been friends with for a long time, long before he was ever in NXT, now reunited finally back on SmackDown, Ridge Holland and Sheamus, they always just called him Butch. Like, hey, that's Butch. his nickname in that group. It's like, hey, Butch, hey, Ridge Wait. the Fridge, hey, Sheamus, oh, a bunch of hooligans. Oh, yeah. So that is, you know him from his days under his birth name, Pete Dunn. But he's back with his boys that he used to run around the streets of uh, uh, Ireland and uh, the UK with, uh -huh. beating people up. I AJ, he looked familiar. Yeah, he looks great. He's in great shape. He's but he's a fucking loose cannon. You know, yes, yeah. Be careful. He, he was your face an absolute off. tactician as Pete Dunne. Is he still an absolute tactician? He is, but he loses his mind all of a sudden. He got back with the boys and just kind of lost his cool on a regular mm -hmm. basis. He is actually missing right now. He ran out. Of, he ran away yeah. the other night on Friday. Butch is missing currently. There's a real worry about where the fuck Butch is. What if he just kicked that door right now? He would. Possibly. That's something that Butch. That's what he would do. Yeah. If he does, keep your fingies closed. He will gnaw them off. No, no. He'll break your digits. So. This is Photoshop because Butch would never go to Coach. No, no, he would have mangled all of those people. But WWE is saying, hey, a lot of people are there. Please keep an eye out. We are missing mm. Butch. Yeah. Right. This is what it could look like if he was in there, yeah. you know, tripping balls and celebrating and having a good time, which Butch does not do, by the way. Butch, no, I don't think, no, has a no. good time. No. I don't think Butch ever has a good time. I'm not so sure he just went to Coach Hell to beat the hell out of some people. Well, then, and then on that case, cops, co be, Butch yeah. will fuck some people up. Be on the lookout, cops. Get your riot gear. Where is Butch? Is this a bit? I don't understand what's happening right now. Where is Butch? Dude? I'm trying to figure out this Butch situation. Where the hell's Butch? You're the one calling him Chiampa, you prick. That's Tommaso. Mm -hmm. That's Chompa. I don't know where he's at. He's on Raw. Oh, is he's he? gone too? I think so. He was on SmackDown a couple of days. He was there. I don't want to check mm -hmm. into all these guys that are missing. What is it? Is he, Elias is missing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chiampa's missing. 
No. Which is missing. No. Bush. Trump is on Raw. He should be on SmackDown. Though. Come on. You know Donko's doing house is dominating. Well, he's wrestling, too. He's winning. He's a champion, uh-huh. champion somewhere. I'm Zeke. Beat someone's ass tonight. Hey, Sonya Deville uh, takes on Bianca Belair tonight for the championship. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Here we go. Let's go, Bianca. Yeah. Is Zeke going to ref it? I, I think she's healed from the eye. I, I don't know if Ezekiel is a ref or not. He ain't a ref. He, he's, a, he's a superstar. Well, no, I mean, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes superstars ref. Not Some, this one. Special not this guest time. referee. Not this time. You've heard of it. Maybe Butch will come back and be the ref. I hope Butch not. ain't never going to be a ref. Butch hates rules. He ain't officiating rules. Yeah, exactly. If he's a ref. All right, we're out of here. Uh, ben Simmons and CEO of Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, met with GM Sean Marks in Nets leadership today to discuss how they continue to work through the physical and mental hurdles needed to get Simmons back on the court, reports Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. Yeah. Their season's Close over. I'm afraid it is way too late for that. Yep. Yeah. So Rich Paul was like, hey, Ben, what's going on? Sore back. All right, we got to at least tell these people. Don't you think they're paying you like $40 million? We should tell them you're not going to play. Did anything come from the conversation? What did Mr. Mark say? What did uh, – said you're a bitch-made cat. We yeah. need you out there. If he, if, they're playing tonight. Like, if they lose tonight, who cares what his process is? What if Rich Paul showed him the clip earlier of us talking about him having the biggest <laughs> babyface turn in the history of babyface turns? If he just goes out there tonight and drops a quick 10, has four or five steals, everybody loves him. Oh my God, the Nets are back. He can change it all around. That's amazing. Yeah. Zero percent chance because he is, in fact, a bitch made cap. But Jeez, Louise. Maybe. Uh, Elon Musk has tweeted just one moment ago. Yes, he says, with hearts and stars and rocket ships around them. Then he screenshotted his notes section, just like all of us would do, and posted on his Twitter account, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, said Mr. Musk from Mr. Musk's. Twitter account. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithm open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous uh, potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Thank you, Elon. All right, Elon. Go get him. Mr. Musk said about Mr. Musk's statements. Here we go. Pumped. That's that's Monday. We're back tomorrow in about 19 hours and 15 minutes. Hammer Down will be in about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this glorious day. We'll see you manana.